Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports, and it's going to be a big comic week here this uh, week on the Crossover Podcast. Uh, joining me today is my good friend Kevin Miller. How's it going, Kev? Hey, not bad. How are you? Ah, doing all right. Um, so today, Daredevil Season 2, we're going to do a full spoiler-heavy review. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you haven't seen all of Daredevil Season 2, go ahead and... It's only been three days. <laughs> Yeah, it has only been through. Well, we don't got a lot of time because Batman Superman comes out on Friday, and then we got to immediately shift over that. It, it happened to fall on the perfect weekend where I had very little to do, so I just kind of did my errands between episodes and was able to crank it out pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, me too. I finished uh, last episode sometime on Sunday afternoon, so I was I was able to plow through yeah, it. Yeah, I, I did eight. I shotgun eight episodes for yeah, that's, like that's I, finished, pretty, I finished like by like ten o'clock on Saturday or something. Like it wasn't. Bad yeah, I think I think I I went five five and three over Friday, Saturday, Sunday, pretty much, yeah. which seems to be the way to go. Um, now Marvel obviously mm-hmm. they they may they may have misstepped here. I I could be wrong, but they might have misstepped here. But obviously scheduling Daredevil this week was meant to steal a little bit of thunder from DC over this Batman-Superman thing. I feel like this is, this is, I mean, this might, this is me personally, I could be wrong, but I feel like this is going to backfire on Marvel. Uh, How do you figure that? Because I actually feel the opposite. (laughs) Because I think that everyone's going to, like, as soon as Batman-Superman comes on, regardless of how, ridiculous or good or bad it might be yeah. that's all anybody's going to talk about i think so i oh, think i, I think from like a, nobody from like a mind share sort of perspective yeah see I, I think that it could go both ways because i have a feeling that my opinion like and this is one of the things i was thinking while watching the show because i'm like man like this daredevil is so cool i love this punisher against all odds i love this elytra against you know what i know about elytra and I'm just like, man, they're going to make, like, Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman. Like, this Elytra's going to make Zack Snyder's Wonder Woman look like clown shoes, I think. <laughs> really? I think so. So you, you, I, I take it from your tone of voice that you rather enjoyed season two. I, I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> Did you not? <laughs> that may make for an interesting podcast, because I'm going to go ahead and say I got this one out of C-. minus. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and did not enjoy it. Like, still good. C minus, still good. Still good, still good. I mean, better than most of what they got on television. I'm grading the C minus on a little bit of a curb, I would say. Oh, I see. But, uh, um, um, it, wow. it, it's, you know, it is the crossover podcast, so I like to I like to make my sports references when, when making uh, and comparing them to pop culture. This one, in, in, in sports, there's this thing... Uh, referred to as a sophomore slump. When a rookie comes in, he tends to be the new guy, and his first season, they, you know, they he tends to have a a really he or she tends to have a really good rookie season. But then all of a sudden, after one season, they got footage on the kid. They, you know, find out they got some tend they figure out tendencies what 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 he likes to do, what they don't like to do, and then they figure this stuff out, and then that can tend to lead to a sophomore slump for most of people who enter uh, professional sports. I feel like this show entered a bit of a sophomore slump. Hmm. I, I have 
certain problems with the pacing. I have certain problems with some of the writing. And I feel like this one probably could have been, I don't know, maybe 10 episodes instead of 13. I, I kind of have the same complaints about this one that I do with Jessica Jones. Although Jessica Jones, to me, really could have benefited from being released week to week as opposed to a being a 13-hour movie. Okay. Daredevil Season 1, I, like, I... Not the same. Like Daredevil season one was a thirteen hour movie where I enjoyed the entire ride from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Jessica Jones had some 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 problems with the writing, specifically like if we watched it week to week, I don't think we would have noticed that they caught the main villain and had him escape. Yeah, I suppose because if you're if you're watching like these things that these set pieces that tend to repeat themselves and it's you're literally watching the same scene like three times in the day versus over the yep. course of a couple months. <laughs> Yeah, you might not notice it. So Jessica Jones, I think I I feel Can like Can we this blame general... the showrunners for us just shotgunning an entire season of something in a weekend? Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> because if your model is we're gonna give it to you all at once. Well that's the Netflix model. Yeah, you can't expect me to control myself. I'm sorry. That's I'm 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 not gonna I'm I'm not gonna do that. It's not it's 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 like if I was an alcoholic and they were like, here you know, try a little, <laughs> see if you like it. You know, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I have a few problems with introducing stuff and then not really using it. My biggest problem with this is, uh, my biggest problem with the season was Karen Page yep. was basically Forrest Gump in, in this in this season at any anywhere she went is where stuff would happen is where stuff would happen right and it was just like good lord right like and you I can't actually, do that. I, I noted that too but i was actually okay yeah. with it because of the circumstances by which those things happened to her like she always went there either looking for trouble or because someone who wanted to cause trouble took her there like it wasn't her fault necessarily it wasn't happenstance forrest gump is you know I just happened to be here at this time and waka waka, hey, there's JFK. But, you know, in this, it was like she's specifically going to places and to see people and she's involving herself in this situation in a very self-determined, autonomous sort of way. I was okay with it. I think that she's actually the main character of this season, which I was okay with. Yeah, I mean, she definitely was because Matt Murdock basically had three things going on. He had... Personal, professional, and then... Mystical? <laughs> you know, no, his secret, you know, his secret life is Daredevil, right? Yeah. So it was like Matt Murdock, the professional, Matt Murdock, the lover, and then Daredevil was, was the three things he had going on. Another, none of which I, I feel like were well executed in season two. Because my, I'm not a fan of, like, season one, I think Charlie Cox was turned in a performance and was given so much good shit to work with that he, he was able to, to put forth something that will be very difficult to top as we continue forward with the, with the MCU and, and whatever DC happens to get started with Batman Superman here. Mm-hmm. That said season two, I'm less encouraged with this uh, with this oh, Matt well, Murdock slash Daredevil that I was mean, put forward. I mean, if the if the question is that I prefer season one or season two, then yes, I preferred season one. <laughs> yes, but my my beef is um, Matt Murdock 
was a complete and utter self-centered asshole in season two to the point where I stopped cheering for him, I think around like episode eight or something. And I'm like, what is this? What What is going on? I'm not cheering for Daredevil, yeah. who is one of my favorite Marvel guys. I had that too. And like, that's why I felt like he kind of became a supporting character in his own show, mm-hmm. which I mean, and it's, it's not, it's hard because I think we got some great performances by uh, Punisher specifically. Yes, who just John, John, dominated every scene he was yeah, in. Yeah, John Bernthal was phenomenal. He he owned this season. That man, and I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't like the Punisher, and we can get into that a little well, bit later. But everything that I've heard about the characters and and seen in well, I haven't seen anything really, but you know, you see these sort of previews for the movies at least, where I was like, you know, hey, you know, Tom Jane is the Punisher or whatever. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I think this was a good avenue for him, for that character. Something like, as a more minor sort of, I don't even want to say anti-hero, anti-villain is more like it, um, uh, in someone else's story that can be told. Like, he had more screen time than any of the movie Punishers, I'm going to say, but he wasn't the main character at any point, so we didn't have to focus on him. Like, they didn't have to make him the hero, because he's not. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because that's the whole thing. Because I'm because if you make a Punisher movie, whether Mm -hmm. or not you agree with the Punisher's methodology, because he's the focal character, you have to make him the protagonist. And they didn't have to do that here. No, they were therefore you know the shackles were off. They could have fun with not have fun necessarily. (laughs) That might be the wrong phrase, but they could they could play with the character in a way that made more sense. Because we don't have to root for him, because it's not a character that you should root for. Yes, because that that that's the, the 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 main thing with the Punisher is the Punisher. Because I I don't really like the Punisher. He's created in the eighties, but he's a character that really ro- rose to prominence yeah, and nineties sort of character. <laughs> yeah, total total nineties Snake Plissken type. Of, you know, I got guns and I'm a badass and I got the skull on my chest type of, type of thing. Like just, I don't answer that, anybody. <laughs> Yeah, created in the '80s, but rose to prominence in the '90s. Right, the only the only era in which the Punisher, I think, could have could really have gotten a foothold, caught fire. Yeah, and he, the, the whole thing about the Punisher is that like he he is who he is, right? And he never evolves. He never changes. He's because he, he's not that guy, right? Like he kills, and you're never gonna have the thing. Like it would basically be the opposite of Batman, right? Where like Batman is kind of like just in, in their their thoughts on killing, right? Where Batman could technically have like his fist, like he could be standing over a dude mm-hmm. with his fist cocked. And if he wanted to, he could deliver the killing blow. But because he's Batman, you know, he doesn't do it, even though he struggles with the whole, you know, sh- should I kill or should I not? Or, you know, it'd be so easy if I put them down permanently, right? Right, which is and another then, reason why I think that people are going to watch Batman Superman this coming weekend and think that it's clown shoes compared to this, because it, it the comparisons are there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose. Well, uh, I mean... Because you have another sort of, like, about... hero versus hero in a, you know, in loose sense of, you know... Yeah, and uh, Elodie Young did a phenomenal job, yes. I thought, as uh, Talia al Ghul. In uh, in this uh, sorry series, Electra Nacia. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, were you going to bring I'm, up the oh, comparison? My to, bad. Uh, I'm marrying what, what, what a slip of the tongue that I call. I, I, oh, I confused mm, Electra uh. with Talia Al Ghul. My oh, man, I, no one's ever done that before, right? Confused Electra with Talia Al Ghul. Uh, 
Yeah, but yeah, she she was fantastic. I've never liked Electra, not as a character, but like like I think it's it's a great character for the Daredevil, but just like I hate her because she's such an arrogant, like her character is such an arrogant bitch, and I'm just like, oh, well, God, yeah, but so much. you don't but, you don't hate her because it's a bad character. You hate her because no, no, no. If she was real. You would not like that person. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, well put. I like I don't hate her because she exists. I hate her because like that kind of person. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, that's not my kind of person, and uh, not someone I would associate myself with. So I just, I, I don't like Electra. Well, and and for that reason, I really like yeah. the first couple episodes that she was in in this season because by the time she shows up, you're so deep into the Punisher storyline. Like that, I forgot that she was going to be in the season. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it was she, just, like she, despite yeah. all the trailers and hype and stuff like that. I'm like, oh yeah, good <laughs> this now. <laughs> Yeah, and then they had that. And there was a like, good it's... couple episodes where she's just like, you know, Matt's kind of going back and forth between, you know, having to run this case that he keeps dropping the ball on, and uh, you know, her kind of just whimsically floating back into his life and demanding the world of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Corvette ride that they went on, I like that because that was straight out of uh, Frank Miller's The Man Without Fear when they first meet in college. She steals a Corvette and they go for a joyride. And I was just like, Hey, that's fun. <laughs> uh, another thing that I really liked that, uh, I, I never read this thing cause I didn't read a lot of the Punisher, but I do know that the Punisher's, um, what a lot of people consider to be the Punisher's best, um, uh, storyline was, uh, Garth Ennis, who is, uh, or Ennis or Ennis. I'm, I think it might be Ennis, Garth Ennis. Um, did a really good Punisher run. I, I haven't read any of it again because the Punisher's not my guy, but those who, who have read it have swear by it and say that the best Punisher run that ever existed was Garth Ennis's in 2001. And this episode where I know that this happened because I know I've seen the frames and stuff before, but the episode where he chained Daredevil to the roof right. yeah. and then duct tape the gun to his hand to prove a point that was straight out of the Garth Ennis run uh, called The Choice that came out in 2001 so when that happened that was a really yeah good... that felt like enough of a set piece yeah. I'm like this is pulling from something it has to this isn't original <laughs> no 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 that and, and it was you know just oh, it was fantastic the, uh, the that I think might have been my favorite episode the uh, even though some of the dialogue that the two of them had that went back and forth was yeah. The model, rather the model <laughs> yeah it was it was it was a little monologue and a little comic booky and 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 corny and and which is probably why i liked it well, yeah i mean any... yes that's what that's what i came for <laughs> yeah exactly but i think that might have been my my favorite episode but i gotta say i've never really liked when daredevil does the ninja stuff and that's weird to say because frank miller created the ninja stuff and the electric character in I think 81, five years before he, he, he created Born Again, which is still the greatest uh, Daredevil story of all time. But Daredevil, the, the thing about the ninja stuff was in 1980, I think Daredevil was, uh, Marvel was ready to shut Daredevil down. Like they had, I think, like it, the issues just weren't selling. And then they had a, um, this young up-and-comer named Frank Miller, I guess, go, Give me a shot at Daredevil, and then he created Elektra. He created the hand. He, I think he, could, I don't think he created Stick, but he made he Stick like the leader of. Yeah, he 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 made Stick the leader of the chase. Which, by the way, I mean that 
Oh, the entire time I've been reading Daredevil comics, which is for like nearly 20 years now, I always refer to it as the Chast. So I was like, wait, it's pronounced Chaste? I was like, Sorry, were you not familiar with that word? <laughs> no, I was absolutely not familiar with this word. Uh, okay. You know me. I am terrible with words and names. Uh, absolutely well. ferocious. Which is why I'm excited for this Black Panther movie, because I've been reading Black Panther. Oh, and they get to pronounce African names. For 15 names. years, and now I'm finally going to learn how you pronounce most of these African names. Because I'm just like, God, oh, somebody tell me. I just kind of sort of make it up and then hope I never have to pronounce it out loud or on a podcast. Yeah. But, yeah, I just, the way it was written to me, I was always like, the chast or chaste? And, yeah, it never occurred to me. Because, you know, chaste is spelled, like, C-A- with D, like... Well, you mean, like, chase but, the like, verb. Like, I, then someone chased someone yes, else. Yes, exactly. That, and the, which is why I never... Because, again, I'm not smart enough not to... Not someone who lesson. embodies the chastity. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. yeah I figured, I, I, figured, uh, so, so precocious 10-year-old Matt Pierce had no idea what this word was. No. So, uh, backing up a little bit. Like, Dare, Daredevil... I, like, Marvel was ready to bench Daredevil, and we might not have got any of this stuff if they had, obviously. And then, like I said, young up-and-cover Frank Miller said, let me take a shot, created a lecture, created the hand, and then basically gave, put Daredevil in this whole ninja world mm-hmm. and basically saved the, the the Daredevil comic franchise. Yeah, and, and, I mean, it fits. Yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite stuff, though. I really don't like no, when he does the ninja yeah, stuff. Yeah, and it, it leaned a little heavy on it for my taste this season. Yeah. Because every time it was just like, oh, you know, once again, it's it's them going to a place and it's Daredevil and and or Elektra, possibly Elektra, possibly not, but definitely Daredevil and a bunch of just nameless, faceless ninjas. I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> like I get that these guys are supposed to be a threat, but <laughs> I, like we've seen this. Yeah, I, I mean, I just, I mean, it's just not my favorite. And and a lot of the the the, the plot line that they what they didn't to me they didn't explain what was going on a lot to, or like or very well or maybe I'm just dumb I don't know because I didn't know how to pronounce the word chase so <laughs> I might it just might be me I mean they didn't really explain why when you get into some of the deeper episodes. Uh, Daredevil and uh, Elektra eventually find the hand, and the fa- hand have built this giant hole in the ground. By the way, <laughs> in like eight months or whatever it was since since the episode since we last saw Daredevil. Yeah. Go ahead. By the way, there's an episode that ends with them discovering the hole and throwing a flashlight down it, and it not in yeah. the ground. And I just came up with like four cultural references that like I'm like four jokes and I'm like I need to make all of these at once but I need someone to listen. So here's the three that I remember. <laughs> the first thought I had was the uh, the you know like they just pan down the hole and you see the uh, Simpsons down there. <laughs> we'll dig our way out. <laughs> but the, no, dig out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Out. So I, I imagine someone's gonna make a you know a meme image macro of that at some point. Uh, the two that I thought were better <laughs> were um, Home Alone 2, Marv, the wow, what a hole. <laughs> yeah. And my personal favorite, uh, Joe Wayne Knight at the bottom of the hole going, uh, I'm, uh, I'm fixing the divot. <laughs> <laughs> and they're just Daredevil like, kind of leaning over to Electra and be like, fixing the divot. <laughs> I, was, I was a fool to think anyone would want new photos of Whoopi Goldberg. What the? <laughs> Um, yeah, but like, 
how long do you think it's been between or did they did we get a full on timeline on how long it's been between because at the end of uh season one, Wilson Fisk right. is thrown in prison. Right. And how long has he been in and, and then we, we see him, which by the way, that I think is the fundamental problem with season two, was they sorely, sorely needed D'Onofrio back as Wilson Fisk to be the main baddie. Oh, as uh, they needed to have... Um, they needed uh, a more Tank central... as a more central thing. Yes, because, I mean, this this weird ninja thing where it's like, hey, we've got a hole in the ground, but we never really explained why. We somehow dig this deep-ass hole in, like, eight months or whatever it was, yet, you know, it'll take a construction, an entire team of construction crew working round the clock eight months to fix a pothole in a fucking street, right? So it's like our ninja organization somehow dug this giant well, you hole. you forget that they have infinity ninjas. <laughs> I guess. Which they can yeah. just hide anywhere. Yeah. And uh, so we've got all these ninjas, and at the bottom of this ninja hole, there's going to be five people who are were, – they were draining their blood, and then they never explained why they were doing that. And oh, then, no, and I mean they're, they're trickling this out, like – there will be a Daredevil season three, and, the, and guess, they'll, they'll give like, us a few more breakthroughs. But, like, the, the questions we had at the end of Daredevil season one didn't really get answered in season two. So, <laughs> like, here we are again in season three, and I'm like, I just, I have so many questions. I'm like, why were they draining the bodies, like, the blood from these kids? For what purpose? And then when they took those kids to the hospital, why did the kids, like, want to go back? They're like, we want to go back. And then they murdered people. And I'm like, well, why are they doing this? And then they go there, and then the kids they, the kids basically commit ritual suicide. And, like, they have them slit their wrists and they get in a tub so that they can collect the, the blood in the tub. And then they were siphoning the tub into this giant egg coffin that they had. And I'm like, am I watching Daredevil right now? It was just... I'm like, what is going on? They're not, and they, they didn't explain any of that as to what they were like. I'm actually okay with them not explaining it. It had a very Lovecraftian sort of vibe to it, very sort of dark ritual stuff that the less you know about it, the kind of creepier it is. I suppose, but it didn't lead to anything. Well, like, I'm like, sure I, it will is the thing. It's just that we want it now. I got the impression that that sort of egg coffin thing is the device that they use to grant somebody immortality yeah, I guess. for Nobu and now the, the, the premise is from our like our final shot of the show is that they're going to do it to revive Electra as well yeah so it, if to catch you up here I guess because I assume you've seen this if you're listening to this podcast but uh, as is tradition with the Electra character she's killed mm-hmm. and here we go again not, not only because she's Electra but because it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe and and Nobody dies in the Marvel Cinematic. Yeah, what's Universe. the Nobu line? Oh uh, yeah, oh the Nobu line. Like there, there's, there's no line. <laughs> yeah, there's no line that sums up the Marvel Cinematic Universe more than Daredevil looks at Nobu, who got burnt to death in the first episode or first season, and Daredevil starts fighting a you know a ninja with a mask on. And all of a sudden, he's like, "Hey, I recognize these moves," and then knocks the mask off of him, and it's Nobu. Also, my kunai with chain. <laughs> Yeah, who also, yeah, who's p- played by uh, Peter Shinkoda, so he's back for another round as Nobu, and then Daredevil looks at him and goes, you're dead. <laughs> and then Peter Shinkoda looks back at him and goes, there is no such thing. And I'm like, yep, yeah, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there is no such thing as death. And in fact, the one guy that they shouldn't have killed, 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is Von D. Curtis Hall as uh, Ben Urich, oh, because yeah, they yeah. needed him in this season to be doing some of the stuff that they had Karen they, Page They do. did. I missed him. I did. <laughs> like, they, like, Karen Page, all of a sudden, they're like, they're, like the stuff that they could have had Ben Urich doing if they didn't kill him in season one, it would have made, I think, Karen Page's character easier to, like, it would have made her less Forrest Gumpy, like I was, like I was complaining about earlier, because Bondi Curtis Hall would have been showing up in some of those spots, and then the plot could have kept on chugging, instead of Karen Page always being like, oh, I've got to be here to be the illegal well, assistant, and, but also I've got to have all these like, conversations. I, I, I imagine that they right would have now. had her doing it, too, because she's always kind of in the thick of things. Um, yes. But um, I was, I would have liked to have Ben Urich there as sort of her liaison to the news and have him kind of helping and going along with it, too. Yeah, because they did the Simpsons thing Because they did it in her last season, and it was great. <laughs> they also did the Simpsons thing with her where it was like, uh, uh, the one guy, um, I can't remember his name, but he's supposed to be like the head of the New York Bulletin. Yeah, goes, the editor. Yeah, the editor of the New York Bulletin or whatever goes, hey, you're pretty good at getting information. Have a job. Never mind the fact that you don't know how to, you know, like write or anything. Like, here, be a journalist for the New York Bulletin and stuff like that. And it was like, okay. Pretty much dying, Peter. Isn't any port in the storm? <laughs> I suppose, but good That's Lord, what he was I... saying at the end, and that's why I like that speech at the end when he's like, we don't need you to write about the facts because everyone knows those are. <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know. It was just, it's just weird to me that it was just like this guy's giving, and they did it like three times where he had to give her like some sort of pep talk to, so that she could write her thing that didn't even really amount to anything because it just ended up being like she's like writing about congratulations people who live in New York you survived living in New York and it was like what? Yeah, another month. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't make a lick of sense. And it was just like oh god, ah. Oh. Plot holes, plot holes in this, in this whole, I just, oh, cause I want to get back to that whole, we were stealing blood from these children thing that was good. Cause, oh my God, that, that was a plot abyss. Like, it, I think it's fitting that they threw that plot down a giant hole. I really do. Because it just, they get down there and they're stealing blood from these kids and then they take the kids back and they fix them up and they never explain who these kids are, why they pick these kids. And the kids are like, Oh my God, we're being saved, but this sucks. We've got to go back and get the blood drained from us so that they can put it in this giant egg. And then when they open up the giant egg, finally, there's nothing in it. They it hand like wave the... a lot, and and like I said, oh. there's a lot more questions than there are answers. I will grant you that, but I was willing to take a lot on faith. Um, yeah, I, 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 I know what you mean, though, because you get the idea that like, oh, their body, their blood has been completely replaced, and they're full of like these weird toxins, and so you figure like maybe they've been mind controlled in some way, like yeah, maybe they yeah. maybe they're complicit in this whole process now. Um, you know, they were or they were kidnapped eventually, but now they're just on the bad guy side. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't know what for, for what purpose exactly, and we can make yeah. wild guesses, but that's all they are. And I don't know. To me, I just I feel like we could have just skipped all this ninja garbage and just fucking had bullseye. Maybe that's why I'm upset. I, so it's uh well, I mean, there, there are other problems, sure, and there are some legit problems, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to belittle your opinion of the show. Um, but do you think the ninjas was a like the hand storyline was a misstep because you don't like that story? You don't care. <laughs> No, I, I don't think I, – I do enjoy some of it. I just said it was kind of weird. It's just weird to me that Daredevil's supposed to be this street-level villain, and then all of a sudden he's fighting 
it, it, it's also too international like the hand aside. <laughs> yeah like the hand is t- is obviously the the league of shadows slash league of assassins yeah. too right Foot clan yeah the foot clan that's not who fought in the sewers by the way a lot of headroom in the sewers in daredevil did you notice oh, that sure, yeah like daredevil opened that manhole and there was just this beautiful like, not, not just like squeaky clean, but like this gothic architecture down there. Yeah, like it, but like, like it looked like, like uh, Schumacher era Gotham. Yeah, like you could have started a perfect grow up or something down there, right? Like just you know get a couple of lights and and oh, it was just there was so much room down there. Um, I I don't know. To me, I was just like we had the Punisher spending time in jail, which you know fine because the Punisher uh, goes to jail constantly yeah. in the. Uh, in the comic well, because he would. Yeah, right? yeah, of course he would. <laughs> but uh, I just... because from what I understand, and I again know even less about the Punisher than you do, and you don't know a lot, but I imagine there was probably a pretty famous uh, like trial of the Punisher sort of storyline like this. There, there may have been. I don't know. I can't. I can't speak to anything off the. Uh... Off the top of my head, because when they were doing like the news reviews of like you know the the jury selection. Where they were like, yeah. you know, oh, you know, what's your opinion like of this guy that you've never met before? Which the fact and everyone that everyone is kind of going back and forth about whether he's a hero, whether he's a monster. Or... Yeah, it was very Boondock Saintsy. Oh yeah, uh, and uh, it, it was also funny was to watch Boondock like, Saintsy. It was Dark Knight Returnsy. I mean, they do this thing yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, they were trying to hit, I think, way too many. Uh, and and also, yeah, it was Dark Knight Returnsy. I'm not going to call it derivative. I'm just wondering it if it's Kung Fu Hustle because it felt very, it felt like a comic storyline. It's just this this, I, I I just I feel like they needed to tighten up this season a little bit. Like I just like like wouldn't have been great if they just tightened it up and it was just. Because to me, season one was so good because it had like kind of one theme going the entire time, right? It was just we're trying to figure out who Wilson Fisk is, and then once we figure out who Wilson Fisk is, we're going to stop him. Oh, so this this season was. <laughs> no, I don't want to say bloated is a strong word. Not bloated, but it it was it was it's too many distracted. subplots. <laughs> yeah, too many subplots in this one because it was just like. Like everything, like the dots. Who is the Punisher? What are his motives? <laughs> you know. Yeah, the, like the dots connected a little. Okay, easier. we got the Punisher, it, but why is he doing the things he's doing? <laughs> exactly, and then season season two was like. Well, we got an awesome guest star to that. <laughs> yeah, the, it's like the Punisher's here, and then the Punisher is killing a bunch of people. But then we capture him, and now he's in the hospital. Now he has to decide if he wants to go on trial. Well, now he's decided he's going on trial. Now he's on trial. We're gonna get him to try to plead guilty. Are we going to get him to try to plead guilty? No, no, we're going to try to get him off on an insanity plea. Oh, we're going to go in there. Whoops, he just said he was guilty when we thought we were going to win the case, even though the uh, the, the case scene obviously gave uh, Fulton Reed his best moment oh, yeah, when he, no, and then he did the opening statement speech. That was that was his uh, tour de force. I, I really enjoyed that scene. Like, I enjoyed some of this. It's just fantastic. He's and, one of my MVPs of this season. <laughs> Yeah, and then he goes, and then John Barathol goes to jail, and then he <laughs> meets Wilson Fisk, and then he kills a bunch of people in jail, then he escapes from jail. This is one guy's plot, and like while all of this is going on, it's also and like Harlek is basically just not caring about what happens yeah, to the Punisher Matt, anymore. Exactly, <laughs> Matt Murdock has completely abandoned this plot line to go on a like to meet his 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 Greek girlfriend who's now running around trying to take down the Yakuza. But oh wait, it's not the Yakuza; it's an ancient. Japanese like uh, cult 
ninja cult organization. Oh, by the way, they've got a bunch of kids in a hole in the ground who are, they're sucking the blood out of. Why are they doing that? I don't know. And I'm like, oh, and then meanwhile, Foggy's like, what the fuck is going on with Matt? Fuck this. I'm like, we lost this case. I'm going to go get another job. And, you know, good for him, quite frankly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that's it. I'm dusting my, cause like Foggy Nelson basically acts like I would be, where I'd be like, that's it. I'm out. I'm dusting my hands of this. I'm getting another job. And, well, and, you know, uh, and Rosario did the same thing. <laughs> Well, and the Rosario thing is even better because that, that to me, that was one of the things that I wrote where I'm like, okay, that, that was awesome. One was clear temple dropping the, the, uh, and like you said, uh, welcome back Rosario Dawson. We're happy to have you anytime. You can be on any of these shows. Like probably what, like 25 minutes of this season. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. She was in two or three, but yeah, you're probably right about 25 minutes of screen time total and a, a glorious, glorious 25 minutes. Oh yeah. But her quitting gets her out of hell, presumably gets her out of Hell's Kitchen and into Harlem Mm -hmm. just in time for the Luke Cage series. Yep, and we got the little tease right at the end of the season. Yeah, did you see that when when they – I was just going to ask you. That to me was, I think – I think. I mean, other than the uh, stairwell fight scene, I think it's not a good sign to me that I think the – the most memorable moment of Daredevil season two to me was the Luke Cage teaser at, at the end where he was in, it looked like Fogwell's gym, but, uh, Oh, I didn't get that. <laughs> couldn't really tell. He was in a gym of some sort. Yeah, it's hard to tell because he was definitely yeah. in a gym of some sort, but, uh, Fogwell's always has like the red sort of lighting to it. Also, we only see Fogwell's at night. Exactly. Too. Exactly. We never know. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was it was him in a gym, and then a bunch of dudes pull guns on him, and they shoot him, and he goes like, "I'm tired of buying new clothes <laughs> and stuff like." Then the bullets obviously bounce off his impenetrable skin, yep. and then he's like, "God, I hate buying new clothes." And I was just like, "Yes, yes, Luke Cage, get some." Well, I'm excited for that show because uh, I, I tend to gravitate towards the characters that I can relate more with, and so I, I the, the the trope is the you know sweet cinnamon roll too pure for this world you know <laughs> the characters who are uh, just like teddy bears and you want to you want the, everything to be okay for them and in this series it's foggy <laughs> couple couple things I noticed because again this is this crossover podcast mm-hmm. couple things I noticed that uh, w- just with a little sports twist um, someone one of the writers or one of the directors or whoever it is on uh, this Daredevil thing is a Jets fan. Yeah. <laughs> because the Jets were mentioned twice. A couple times, yeah. I was going to yeah, ask you this, about that. <laughs> yeah, they were mentioned twice. Like, there was the one where he was at the party with Electra, and some guy goes, I really like the Jets' chances the this Jets year. Chances and, then, this year yeah. and then later he's like, I can hear Foggy. He's watching the Jets game. They're up 7 nothing. The other thing I noticed was there was one episode, they shot this, see, obviously they shot this uh, sometime in September, October um, of last year, because there's one scene where uh, Daredevil and Elektra, I think it's the scene, I think it's, this, but there were a couple shots, I noticed it a couple times, but some of the outer shots, you could see the Empire State Building in the background, mm-hmm. and the Empire State Building uh, was lit up with blue and orange lights. Oh, okay. The reason for that was they were cheering on the New York Mets, the nine Mets who were in the uh, World Series last year. Unfortunately, they lost to the Kansas City Royals. But, uh, yeah, the nine Mets were the NHL cha- – or the NHL, the NL champions last year. And, uh, yeah, I know – I because I, I, I was trying to figure that out. I was, like, watching because it, it was just – it was weirdly noticeable to me that the Empire State Building had blue and orange. And I was like, oh, that's because of the Mets. 
And I was just like, I remember that. I don't know. It's just a little, little funny. Uh, I, could, I wouldn't have noticed that either. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just a little funny thing that that for some of the sports fans uh, that were out there. Um, they had another gala event. Oh, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. They got to they got to keep the and the funny thing In that keeping I with uh, like for socialite status though. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I was gonna say like that explains it away as though there isn't someone in every comic series that's a socialite. Yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. There's always a, a yeah. scene with a bunch of people in suits at a party. Uh, the name of that building was the Yakutoni. Yep. <laughs> And I'm like, I'm sorry, like, I had to rewind. I'm like, was that done on purpose? I think so. I think so too. <laughs> like, for those diehard fans out there, the Nakatomi Plaza and this one. Why? I was just gonna say, if you're gonna go the full nine, just call it the the Nakatomi. Yeah, because there's a whole thing where they're like breaking into a safe and like you know the bad guys are taking the elevator up to find them. Yeah. I'm like, huh, this is their diehard I, scene. Exactly. That's exactly what it was. Oh, that was so good. I, I enjoyed that. Like, very excuse much. me, what, bring it back. I need to hear that again. Rewind selector. <laughs> that was so good. I, I love that very that much. That was one time I had to rewind again. Um, uh, as far as what, I mean, let's just talk about little things that we liked and didn't like. Uh, Clancy Brown. <laughs> you all right. Yeah, Clancy Brown. Who can this man play? Not a bad guy. One time, and that was another thing that, that telegraphed like. it for me. Actually. <laughs> I guess he was the blacksmith. Was that was that how, that's that sort of the impression go? that I got? Although they never like, definitively answered that. Yeah, they. But they. I they, might they, need they, to watch that episode again, honestly. I mean, I assumed it was. They never outwardly came out and said he was the blacksmith. But to me, I was just like, but why did he do that? I guess he's just a greedy guy who figured it. Because I was trying to figure out why he was this. He was this colonel who basically had like this giant property with acres and that living in this middle of no like I guess the Hamptons or something yeah, like that's, that. That's the impression I got was yeah with it with a yeah with a giant uh <laughs> like a giant mansion of a house and then apparently like down the road he had a secret cabin yeah. which you know had yeah it's like a, a like a tool set that when he pulled the secret wall out suddenly the size of the cabin expands three times <laughs> yeah and then it was like fucking. <laughs> And like that was a come on now. Like that was, I'm like that, that was, was a set. It, that's another it's like, like here's a cabin. It's like okay, so you go into the room that is presumably the cabin without any of the secret yeah. rooms revealed. It has to be the size of like an outhouse. And it was like a tool shed, right? Yeah, it was like it was exactly. like big with a tool shed. But then he opens up and it's like double the size, and he didn't realize. Oh yeah, so that's the other half of it. I guess. Like, yeah, and it this was thing like, is twelve feet long from the outside, but when I go inside, it's only six feet long. Okay, well. <laughs> Uh, so Clancy Brown is supposed to be uh, he, his character was uh, Colonel Shunover who or Shonover Shunover. Yeah. Um, he I know he was in I don't know if he did anything, but I know that was uh, oh that character that character exists. He was in I know he was in Punisher War Journal, which is another one of the okay. uh, War Journal is when they got into so possibly not as like the blacksmith or whatever that whole plot was, but. Or like no. more likely that he was his commanding officer. He was, yeah, that, that. That, yeah, that I know because War Journal uh, tells a story, but also flashes back to uh, what happened to Frank Castle while he was in the war. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, he's, he's supposed to be in the Vietnam War, but in this one, they obviously speed it up. So you theoretically think he was fighting a war in Iraq and whatnot. They brought it into right. a more current role, but yeah, they were saying they were outside that mission. They said it was like outside of Kuwait or something like that. He said, I think, yeah. 
Yeah, and he went back and did the so so in War Journal he goes back and you know it explains what happened to him in the war and I believe Colonel Schoonover is his commanding officer in War Journal, but I don't think like he doesn't go on to become a super villain or anything like right. that. He just is his commanding officer. At least I think I don't know if he became a <laughs> if it became a thing later. Yep, but I love to see Clancy Brown anytime a and yes. specifically in military roles if he's not going to be Luthor. Yeah, because basically that's the third military role that I can think of with Clancy Brown. Mm-hmm. We've got Colonel Schoonover. Yep. We've got uh, General Eiling on Amazing. on Flash on Flash, and he was. Colonel whatever in Starship Troopers, right? Right, right, yep. Yep, so that's... Uh, and Starship Troopers, I'm fairly certain, is the only time that Clancy Brown has never played a... Uh, a villain. Villain, yeah, because he caught the brain bug at the end. He, he busted himself down to private, and then... Uh, that's right, that's right. And then, <laughs> yep, caught the brain bug. Oh, it was so good. Oh, God. <laughs> I love that. Uh, man, I, I just... Yeah, and then so like his colonel colonel guy apparently somewhere along the line became a drug dealer and was able to like it would explain his giant place in the Hamptons if if he was this this world renowned drug dealer and then Punisher finds this out and then the last episode drags him to this the aforementioned cabin or like tool shed in the middle of nowhere and shoots him. And then just happens to notice that he's like, hey, that wall looks suspicious. And then opens it up and all of a sudden, yeah, there's a giant arsenal of weapons there. And Frank Castle's like, well, that's convenient. Now I can be the Punisher again. (laughs) Hey. And I was just kind of like, come on now. Like, that was a little half of the cake. Yeah, it's fair. It's comic booky. A little too much for this series. Yeah, that, I just... It's just a little. It was just a little too convenient, you know. And I was just like, "Hey, are we?" The only get... way that I can kind of explain that is if, like, you know, we get the idea that well, I don't know, because Shunover basically reveals himself to Paige and gets her in yeah. the car to do what exactly? On the strength of what though? Like, like, like she looked at that photo and she's like oh my god there's castle that guy who tried to kill castle and then general Zunover. that means he's the blacksmith and he's been the guy dealing drugs this whole time and it was like it's it's really? a leak but it speaks to an involvement i guess is what they're saying i don't know i don't it didn't not I really like, really that it, it certainly really bears weird. a bit more research and tend to go i don't know he basically revealed himself at that yeah, point like she then, didn't have to leap to a conclusion he kind of did it for her <laughs> Exactly, yeah. So it's like she looks at the painting and then she's like, or the painting, the picture, and she's like, oh my Time god. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, she could have been the blacksmith, and then she decides to leave, and for no reason, Clancy Brown's like, oh my god, she so saw bad. that picture. I better pull a gun out and reveal that I've been the bad guy the whole time. And it was like, really? You were in one scene before, right? And it was a scene that in no way would. So it felt me a little bit like they were trying to be like, hey, no one will see this coming, right? And it was just like, I. Because uh, earlier Clancy Brown basically was uh, showed up in the in the courtroom scene and and explained and that killed it. <laughs> yeah oh it was fantastic and basically explained that hey Frank Castle is the greatest man I've ever met in my life and then we don't see him until the last episode after that so we see him for like five minutes in episode eight yep. and then turn the court scene around to our heroes. yeah 
And so we see him in the court scene in episode. No, it wasn't even. It was like episode seven or eight. Yeah, I don't remember seven, which thing. I think. Yeah. Yeah, because seven's called Semper Fidelis, which is you know the. Yep. Actually, no, because eight is called Guilty as Sin. It was seven or eight. I can't tell. <laughs> uh, it, it all ran together. So seven or eight. Let's say episode eight. Cranston Brown shows up for five minutes, and then we don't see him again until Karen Page walks through his door in the last episode and re- and he yeah, reveals last himself or second to last episode yeah. the blacksmith who that who was like a drug dealer they've been looking for this whole time it's just way too many subplots going on which is why like we see clancy Brown for five minutes and then at the end he's the blacksmith and i was like what that doesn't oh mm. i don't know didn't make a lick of sense to me i was just like like it was just there was way too much going on in this season they needed to tighten it, it well yeah it, it's kind of hard because it, it felt like it could use some tightening up, but it also felt like there were some explanations that didn't get done, right? Like, yeah. in, in some ways, they could have benefited from, like, like I two keep more mentioning the blood, the blood kids. Why were they there? Why did they go back? Like, that was... I'm actually that, okay with not having answers there. I wanted more concrete yeah. answers with Punisher's storyline. Yeah, that's true. I'll, like, I'm okay I'll with there go. being mystery on the secret society side of things because it's literally a secret society. <laughs> yes, exactly. But, like, the Punisher thing, it was like... It needs to be a bit more clear than that. Yeah, it was, I know it was, that there's a conspiracy happening on that side and everything, but I mean they basically solved it. <laughs> it just wasn't explained super well. And I don't know. I have this sort of opinion where let's assume that I'm of average intelligence. That means that half the people watching the show are less likely to get it than I am. <laughs> and the other half are like, well, well I'll, I'll tell I'm you, saying, I'm, I'm tell you, I'm in the lower scale. No, no. What, I, what I'm getting at like, is what? if I'm not getting this then probably half the people watching it aren't getting it either, right? If something was explained and I missed it, then that's it's possible. That's what I'm saying. Maybe I should go back and rewatch that episode to see if, like, oh, yeah, he implicates himself here or yada, yada, yada. I, I don't guess. I don't know. I, I don't think so because, I mean, he just showed up and, and testified, right? And then, that, I don't know, it, it was that... And this is like maybe the one example of Forrest Gumping, and it's, mm-hmm. it's Karen going back to him for an interview. Yeah. And then, and then you know, having the big reveal. Uh, I don't know. And like, and if he was this this guy who who ran this intricate, Cartel. you know, who also ran like a secret drug society or whatever, because there were basically two secret societies going on at the same time. One was the ninja secret society, and the other was the this ghost the American who paramilitary. <laughs> Yeah, paramilitary organization who was apparently running the the international drug trade ever since Daredevil cleaned up the streets in season one. And like way, you're a, little, clean, a little Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> yeah, it, it was very Metal Gear Solid. Uh, like Clancy Brown didn't need to pull a gun. He could have been like, "Oh my God, she saw that painting and was freaked out. Maybe I should have someone try to kill her again. Maybe I call Bullseye this time." Yeah, or he, just you know, does have like some, he does the have books. some words with her. <laughs> Yeah, just, threatening Clancy Brown words that I would have loved so much. Yeah, and here here is another thing, and we'll get to some of the stuff I like. I think this will be the last thing I talked about. Okay. Me not thinking. <laughs> um, at the beginning of episode two or three, um, I think it was at the end of episode. It might have been at the beginning of episode two because at the beginning of episode or at the end of episode one, Punisher shoots Daredevil in the head, yep. glances it off his his helmet, I, so it just. <laughs> Yeah, it just knocked. That was really good too when he just went bang. That's how the episode ends. You're like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and it and cracked his helmet. And then he had to get the uh, the classic 
Yeah, now, now, um, which I love because we've talked about yeah. this. I didn't like the season one costume that they did for him in the last episode, and yeah. and now they, and they, 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 they improved it a bit. It. Yeah, they immediately updated and gave him the classic. Well, I guess not classic, classic because the classic, classic would be yellow. Yeah, true. But they gave him the the, the traditional Daredevil where the helmet is always red with the horns coming out of it. It's really good. I, I was glad that they did that right away, but. So that happens at the end of episode one, and I'm pretty sure at the end of at the beginning of episode two, they do the thing from Frank Miller's Born Again, again the greatest Daredevil story ever written. Frank Miller's 1986 masterpiece, Daredevil: Born Again, and uh, only his second best masterpiece of that year, oddly enough. Uh, Dark Knight Returns. <laughs> I love comic books, um, and it shows a silhouette in nun imagery. And there's a bunch of nuns washing uh, Matt. Was that episode just, two already? It was episode two or three. I think it was episode two because he got knocked out at the end of episode one, right? I could be wrong. You got knocked out at the end of episode one, but I think he did it at the end of episode two too because episode three starts with him chained up on the roof, right? <laughs> Maybe it was episode. So, all right, let's say it's episode three. The internet will, will correct it. Again, it all runs together when you binge watch it. Matt Murdock, you got knocked out. <laughs> But yeah, so Matt Murdock at the beginning they do the nun imagery with the silhouettes. That's straight out of Frank because uh, that's straight out, of, straight out of Born Again because Matt Murdock's mother we find out in that volume is a nun. Oh, okay. So that's who I was thinking it was going to be, but <laughs> they never went back to that. Oh. And yeah. So at the beginning of episode three, yeah, I there's like that <laughs> there's I know why wouldn't you? Because it happened for the ten seconds at the end of one and episode. And it was pointless. <laughs> One episode, exactly, and ultimately was pointless. I mean, I'm sure they'll go back to it, but don't tease Born Again like that, and then not even a hint or a message. Like, if that scene just was taken out of the nuns, like, wa- like washing, because that was the thing, like, his mother would, like, secretly fix him up, and she knew that, you know, Daredevil was Matt Murdock and stuff like that, and she was sister or whatever, I can't remember her, her uh, name. But it, it was so good in Born Again. And then to tease that for, for like 20 seconds at the beginning of one episode and then never touch on it again is is just bogus. Fair Absolutely right. bogus right. to me. So that that I probably hated other than the most, other than not uh, <laughs> other than not getting told why those kids wanted to go back and be sacrificed for the for the egg thing because i don't know it felt like the blood god man (laughs) i guess that's what i felt because it felt like like, we've got this eggshell thing and if once we kill it'll wake up some demon and i'm like good lord this is terrible um stuff i liked the spiral staircase fight scene (laughs) in episode three holy fuck like obviously they felt like that they needed to, t- they're like, okay, how can we top, top the, the, hallway scene. the hallway fight scene? Yeah. Added, added dimension. <laughs> yeah, they were like, I got it, spiral Vertically. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know if they quite pulled it off, but it was it was just them kind of, uh, for lack of a better phrase, putting their dick on the table of saying, hey, everybody, we still choreograph the best fight scenes on television. Suck it. Here's our balls again. Spiral staircase fight scene where Daredevil was fighting a bunch of bikers who apparently know martial arts. <laughs> I don't think that was my favorite fight scene of this uh, season, though. Um, I really like the scene. Can I take a guess before you? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Give it away. I am going to guess that you had a fondness mm-hmm. for the prison shank fight scene between 
Punisher and all of the prisoners. I was going to say, yeah, where Fist just like, and the guards just lock them in there and open up all the prison cells. That one was so bad, my wife had to turn. She, oh, she yeah, was it was like, brutal. Don't give me yeah, she's like, I got to turn away for this. Just tell me when it's over. <laughs> like, there were two moments where um, my wife lost her, was just unable to watch. One was the prison shank fight scene where it's just like everything became a weapon and blood was flying everywhere. At one point, I thought I saw, because obviously they were all fighting with these like prison shank or these like prison weapons. Yeah. I'm fairly certain one of them was Isn't like a tomahawk or something. <laughs> Yeah, one of them had, like, a makeshift tomahawk that looked like just a rock tied to a piece of wood. Yep, which is basically with a tomahawk. <laughs> yeah. But the other one was... Dino bothered him. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> That's a deep cut. Uh, <laughs> if you ever... Uh, if you ever uh, one looked like a, like a pool cue, but, like... The bottom sixteenth of a pool cue that had been yeah, I saw something look like a shaved up like baseball bat too. Yeah, it was just like I'm like, where are they getting these things? But I, whatever. So yeah, I, I like that was one. The other one was when uh, Finn Cooley was going to uh, was about to use the drill on the dog. My wife just can't handle. Oh anything. yeah, no, that I I'm, I was I, just like, oh god, please don't. Because that was like episode six or something like that, like. Full disclosure, I basically came home from work. I had to work late on Friday to, like, you know, not terribly late, but to, like, 6 or 7 or something like that. So on the way home, I stopped at the LCBO and grabbed myself a bottle of wine. I'm like, it's Daredevil, and I'm going to treat myself. <laughs> so I'd had, like, you know, half a liter or, you know, three-quarters of a liter of wine at this point. I'm like, oh, God, if I have to watch this dog get fucked up in this episode. Like, I know they're not going to do it, but it came close. Yeah. And I'm like, if I have to, like, I'm going to throw up. Like, it's going to be bad. <laughs> That, that would have. That would they would have crossed been. the goddamn line if they wanted. Well, they the they couldn't have done it, but it was it was it, the scene was tense enough that made you think like, oh god, what yeah. are they gonna do? It was it was funny to me that you're like you see Punisher take a drill to the foot, yeah, and you're like, oh my, and at no point are you like, I, I don't know, it's just it, it, you you watch a bunch of people get killed. Now they're all fucking red shirts in this series, and no one with a name actually got killed. And don't count Electra because she'll be alive. Oh yeah, who is one. technically a character? She, she was cre- he was created. Frank Miller created. Oh, him, uh, I figured that was a character. They had a lot of specific information about his backstory. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was just like a low level dude that they that Frank Miller created in eighty one, the same volume. He I actually got a vibe Electra that he would become like a recurring character, like a sort of Jimmy the Snitch type. Character. They don't need that. They've got Turk. Like they've got they've got Turk, so they don't need. Uh... Sorry, Turk. Yeah, Turk, the, the the brother who had the uh, the ankle bracelet taped to him. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Saved right. the day yeah. at the yeah. end. Uh, yeah, the Turk. Arms Turk. Guy yeah, Turk's the dude in the comic books. Uh, Turk Barrett's his full name. He he's the guy in the comic. He was in season one, obviously, yeah. right? Yeah. And uh, he you know he he only showed up in two episodes. He was in the first and last episode of the season, wasn't he? Because, like, he showed up in the first season and, uh, or in the first episode, and he was trying to deal some guns. That's right, yeah. At, at his back, and then showed up again in the last, and technically saved the day with his ankle bracelet. Uh-huh. Or hitting out of, or his ankle fucking Monitor, yeah. monitors, because he's on house arrest or whatever. And, uh, what, what was the other one? The, uh, oh, t- oh, yeah, it's just, because Turk exists in the comics, right? Like, he was just always this low-level guy that... Daredevil could basically go beat the crap out of him and then... Right, but I haven't got that impression from right. this series yet, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get the impression like, oh, I'm going to, you know, intimidate this dude and he's going to give me information and I'm going to let him off with a warning. Like, that hasn't happened. 
Turk's greatest moment in the comic book again happened in Born Again when he stabbed Matt Murdock in the stomach while he was dressed like Santa Claus. He decided he was going to, because like Born Again takes place at Christmas a little bit, so Turk was going to do the, he dressed up like Santa Claus so he could do the uh, Salvation Army thing, but, you know, steal the money. And then Matt Murdock, so, who had just... Some pretty sticky bandits over there. <laughs> yeah, it was exactly what it was. But like, he, he, For my second uh, Home Alone 2 reference of the night. <laughs> yeah, Matt Murdock had basically been beaten up by the Punisher at that point and then saw Turk doing that and tried to lunge for him. And Turk stabbed him right in the stomach and was like, oh, God, he's fallen so far <laughs> that Turk was able to get the drop on him, right? That that was to let you know how, how That's far... That's to turn your life around, rock bottom moment. <laughs> yeah, that was, the, that was like, oh, my God, it's really hit rock bottom for Daredevil. Turk just stabbed him in the stomach, right? <laughs> and it was just, oh, man. Um... God, what else did we like? We talked about, I mean, we didn't really give the uh, spiral staircase fight scene. It's it's, it's full due in I terms was... of the choreography. Good Lord. I thought it was really good. I think that in terms of iconography, I preferred, like, in terms of visual design, yeah. I preferred the hallway. Well, obviously, like, it, it, like you always remember your first time, right? So, like, the first wow. time is always going to be technically... True, but, and then that's why I think I preferred the uh, Frank Castle uh, prison shiv scene, um, yeah. as, as violent and, and awful as it was, uh, because as soon as, as soon as they showed, like, oh, new prisoners get the white scrubs, I'm like, those are going to be bloodstained by the end of this episode. I guarantee yeah. it. The... Uh... I mean, I mean, I just, to me, I just, I don't feel like, I, I know everybody loves the hallway fight scene, it's a superior scene, it might be, it's probably one of the greatest things ever choreographed, I'm just like, let's give this spiral staircase thing a do, I mean, sometimes oh, no, some really of the good. camera angles and stuff they did on that, fuck, that was brilliant, a lot of people were putting it down for some reason, they were just like, ah, they're just trying to recreate the, the hallway fight well, scene, from, it, and I was it, like, it's yes, <laughs> Like, yes, that's it, oh, exactly yeah. what they're doing. Like, on the one side, yes, it's pandering. On the other mm-hmm. side, awesome. I like being pandered, yeah. too. <laughs> the Dogs of Hell. Yep. I caught if that I, reference. <laughs> yeah. I'm familiar were, with them. They got into the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. They did, if, yeah. I, if I remember correctly. If you, if you watch the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they were the biker gang that uh, Lorelai, the Temptress, mm-hmm. Uh, kind of took over when she she got freed or from her as as guardian prison. And, and right? what a what a trip they've taken from like a a PG thirteen show to a TV mature. <laughs> yeah, but technically the first time they've connected the agents of Shield, even on a, an extremely basic level, to this Netflix kind of uh, true. True. Have you noticed they have a fondness for emergency medical situations on these Netflix shows? I mean, I, I realize it's a way to get Claire Temple involved all the time, but we're now three for three on, like, emergency surgeries. Hmm. Uh, I mean, yes, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't consider that a problem. <laughs> no, I just, I'm just, I'm just saying, keep an eye going forward to see if we have another one, because I guarantee you, because Claire Temple's going to be in Luke Cage, although they already did perform emergency uh, surgery on Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, so yeah. I imagine somebody... Luke Cage knows he's going to get hurt, and then Claire Temple's going to have to sew their arm back. Oh, yeah. Regardless of whether Claire Temple wants to be involved or not, she's always going to have these mutual friends. Yeah. So we can talk about how they hooked it into Jessica Jones a little bit. Oh, yeah, with uh, Jerry Hogarth in the final yeah, episode. Final episode, we get a little uh, Carrie Ann Moss who shows up just to drop a bomb on everyone's head. Sure. 
Um, they name dropped Jessica Jones in one in the episode. first episode. <laughs> was it the first episode? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. One of them. Well, I just I remember Foggy was talking to the uh, his kind of estranged lady friend that he goes and sees who was working for the rival company in the first. Uh, yeah, first season. In the first season, and she said something like. Oh, our company's dealing with this private investigator. You should see that she's like, she's like, she's quite the piece of work. Name's Jessica Jones. And it was like, literally name dropped her. Yeah, like, we like, could have figured I, it out from subtext, but I'm glad you just went ahead and said it too. Yeah, just went ahead and said it. Uh, just like, okay, well, so you just have no confidentiality there. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And uh, DA Samantha Reyes was uh, prominently featured in this season. She was in Jessica Jones as well. She was the one she goes to at some point to. Oh wow, that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. She yeah. wasn't there. Uh, yeah, she went there. I, I, I kept turn, thinking, turn, I'm like, I recognize this character, like this actress, and I, you know, I don't know the actress, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I recognize her from something, and it turns out it was the same universe, so that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, she was in uh, <laughs> Jessica Jones. Um, one thing I wanted to mention mm-hmm. when the Punisher was telling his story in episode four. I think it was episode four. Oh, yeah, when, when, he's, when, he's, when he got caught, when he's in the graveyard with Daredevil. Yeah, when, yeah, when he's in the graveyard with Daredevil, which was a that, That's his Emmy-winning monologue. <laughs> yeah, when he was talking about, you know, coming home from, you know, and, like, his daughter seeing him for the first time, yeah. and his, uh, you know, like, the teacher and, like, like, all the class was crying, and she was so happy and stuff like that. Do you ever see, though, when they do those videos on YouTube? Oh yeah, yeah. Of like soldiers returning home and like sh- and like surprising their uh, their daughters and stuff mm-hmm. at uh, yeah, that like pretty and, cool and, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and they're they just like cry and and it's just this incredibly happy thing. Yeah, cathartic. <laughs> yeah, I wanna I wanna submit to you that there should be a television channel. And it should just be called like Happy or something. <laughs> oh, like, that. like and, these like tearful reunions. <laughs> Yeah, and it should just be. And if you're ever depressed or feeling angry, you should be. Now, I guess you can just go to YouTube and Google these things. But I'd, I'd like to be able to do it for my television. I would. I would just like to be able to turn on like channel, you know, five thirty two, and it's called the Happy Channel, and it should just be an endless loop of like soldiers returning home and their and their wives and families and, reunited and, with their lost dogs and <laughs> yeah, lost. Yeah, exactly, lost dogs. You know, these two people are like, ninety years old and we're dating in high school seventy years ago. And it's yeah, puppies. Yeah, puppies. You know, just the like Hallmark Channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just stuff like that. Just like puppies being, you know, animals that aren't the same being friends and stuff like that. And it's like here's a bear and here's a. I don't know, a fucking Jaguar, and they're both Beth What was that scene in 30 Rock? The, uh, and now for the next 10 minutes, uh, Mexican grandchildren and the music of Tito Puente. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stuff like that, right? It's like, come on, or, Jack. <laughs> South, Park, South Park does the, uh, you know, close-up animals with a wide-angle lens, yeah. right? Like, people would watch that show, right? I, I would watch that show. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> um... Foggy's man purse, I thought, was pretty hilarious. And carrying around the entire That's season so had, had nothing to do with anything, but it just reminded me of, like, man, he's got a man purse. It's funny. Aww, come on now. <laughs> uh, when they gave Daredevil the Billy Club, uh, Melvin Potter, who we can get into, made, made a couple of uh, nice cameo or nice cameo appearances and uh, did a couple of reference referential things. Uh, one, he picked up the saw blade, which is the gladiator, mm-hmm. who, Melvin Potter, the gladiator. That's his uh, his go-to weapon. 
uh, when he said, hey, I'm check it out. I'm wearing my own design, and it was yellow and blue. Yep. I was like, yes, yes, of course, it's yellow and blue. Yes. I figured that was and, something, yeah. Yeah, kept mentioning Betsy, obviously, but they did that in season one. Right, and, right. Uh, Betsy's his lady. And then he gave him the Billy Club, finally, where it had, like, the, you know, it could be a nunchuck, it could be a staff, it could be just a like stick. Grappling stick. <laughs> grappling stick, you know, uh, extendo, knock you in the face, and then bring it back. I had a question, actually, because during the, like, up until that point, he had, like, the two little Billy Clubs that he was using the whale on people and, like, throw at people occasionally. Yeah. Were those, like, magnetic or something like that? Because occasionally he would throw them and they would, like, bounce off a wall and, like, directly back into his hand. <laughs> no, the the inference there is that he's so good oh, okay. that he can clock it off your face. Fucking and revolver bounce. ocelot over here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, because Bullseye does the same garbage, too, right? Where uh, Bullseye can pick up a pencil and then throw that pencil and bounce it off a wall, off this, and yeah, then into your throat right, and kill you. And, uh, you know, Deadshot can do the same thing, but Deadshot's usually just, like, bouncing bullets off of, you know, walls and stuff like that. So it's not it's not really like, hey, I'm going to throw this stick, and it'll hit you in the face and then perfectly bang off this. Okay, and then okay. Off it's just because thing. he did it, like, twice. Yeah. And every other time, like, yeah. he would just, like, throw it down a hallway, and it would bean a guy, and then he would, you know, go and pick it up later. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so just, I'm yeah. like, what is happening here? Because sometimes it's doing it, and sometimes it isn't, and I don't know what I'm supposed to assume about yeah, I was just given given the given the what's around him. Yeah. He could chuck it and like hit a guy in the chin okay. and then bounce it off. I know, just didn't like, know if like, there was some subtext of those things that it wasn't no. picking up because I never explained it. No, it's usually just he's so good that he can clip it and it'll you know yeah. ricochet off. Yeah, so if he's in close enough quarters, he can make it. Work. Yeah. Okay. And then ricochet back to him. That that's the inference anyway. I don't think it was anything like hey, I've got magnetic billy clubs or any. Thing well, like that. I, that, would just be, that. that would just be ridiculous, Miller. <laughs> like, what? <come> on. <laughs> uh, it's, it's all bullshit. <laughs> like, I mean, Magnets. I love it, but it's all bullshit. Magnets, how do they work? <laughs> yeah, bitch, magnets. <laughs> uh, another thing I like, they kind of nodded to two things okay. with the Punisher, because my two favorite things with the Punisher are, one... He usually has this, like, mobile command center that he calls his battle van. Mm -hmm. So all that stuff he he has right now where he's got all of his equipment, um, theoretically, if he gets his own, uh, if John Barenthal gets his own Punisher show, which, you know, I assume we will, right? (laughs) Why wouldn't they? Uh, (laughs) That's... (laughs) My only argument is, why not, right? I can't think of a good reason, but yeah, go ahead. If you give me a Punisher... If you give me 10, 13 Because I, I think it's the same thing I explained earlier, is you can't have him be the protagonist of something. Well, I would have said the same thing about Deadpool, and his movie just made like $700 million. How? So. Well, I don't know. How do I know? Deadpool's well, I don't know. This version of Punisher is a much, much more serious character than Deadpool is in anything, though. <laughs> people yeah, people just think Deadpool's funny. No one ever thinks the Punisher's hilarious. <laughs> Like nah, he doesn't have man. any good jokes in this show. Although he did have a fondness for Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> yeah, I got <laughs> I was like, yes, yes. <laughs> like, Earth, Wind, and Fire, baby. Anytime, anytime. Oh, That's right, I was going to mention that. Okay, good call. I forgot completely about that. But anyway, what I was going to say is uh, he kind of had, like, he, he was using that camper mm-hmm. as his base of yeah, operations. Yeah, he was using, like, a, a oh. panel van or something. Yeah, but theoretically... 
all that stuff, all that equipment and the uh, police radio and all that, all that military stuff that he had will theoretically eventually make its way to a truck an RV that, or something. Yeah. That an RV of some sort that he'll be driving around the city patrolling the city with, you know, just looking for waiting for shit to pop off so that he can go shoot some gangsters in the face. But, uh, yeah, they kind of referenced the battle van, but, uh, you know, they, like I said, they could make that, uh, mobile operate or make his, his mobile unit, uh, eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I thought they were going to do when he was beating up that guy, when he was pistol whipping that guy in the diner. Right. And then you look down at his face and his face was all like, the hell and, up, yeah. and yeah. And like half of it was falling off his face and it looked like you could peel this. I Ugh. thought that was going to be a backdoor way for them to introduce Jigsaw. Who's, you know, the Punisher's main, you know, all time bad guy. And Jigsaw's always got the, the face that's fucked up. So I thought he was going to leave him there, but I forgot he's the Punisher. And then he just shot him in the fucking head. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah you know, he doesn't really not... leave people for dead. <laughs> no, he, he gone. <laughs> like, no, uh, Pun- Punisher doesn't take prisoners. That's his, his whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. He always double tabs, which is why I thought it was funny, because occasionally you just see him, and he's, like, twitching his trigger finger. <laughs> like, yeah. he's just sitting yeah. in the courtroom, just, like, twitching. Yeah, that that, that was kind of fun. Um, Electra grew up to be not Asian, apparently. Did you catch that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, the impression that I got from her was that she was, like, half Asian, half European, and definitely had a French accent. Yeah, because well, this was a comparison I was going to make because like we we've, we've talked about this earlier on this show where you know who, who would ever confuse Electra with Talia Al Ghul? So I thought, yeah. like, oh man, I'm like I know that accent and it doesn't like sound like your typical French accent, but that's the exact same accent that uh, Marion Cotillard has. Well, you would confuse <laughs> you would confuse Electra with Talia Al Ghul because she's an exotic beauty who has an estranged relationship with a martial arts master and, you know, like secret foreign ninja. (laughs) Yeah. Works, works as a secret foreign ninja, you know, dies, but comes back to life constantly. And is secretly at the head of a, of a secret society of assassins (laughs) on again, on again, off again, relationship with the main character. I mean, it's, it's, (laughs) yep. It's right there. It's right there. Yet, yeah, I mean, sure, but I mean, like, they, like to the point where I mean, the actresses playing them in the recent movies, Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises, and and now this series, but like they have the exact same accent. So I'm, well, I'm Elodie, okay with her being. She's half Asian. Yeah, I'm okay with. Well, because, well, because what it was was Electra's character has always been Greek in the books, right? She she's yeah. always she's always Greek, and uh, this one they they never told you what her. Uh, ethnicity was, but uh, Elodie Young herself is uh, half French, half Cambodian. Okay, yeah, which explains the, you know, her her exotic appearance, her exotic olive like her her beautiful olive like skin and uh, deep French accent. But then when the one episode where they flash back to when Stick is training a young Electra, it is clearly she is clearly being portrayed by a young Asian actress. I don't know who that was, but so I was just like, oh, I guess she grows up to be not Asian in, in this universe. And it's just one of those things where I was just like, I, uh, you could maybe cast that a little better. I don't know. Although the girl was fantastic. I don't know. I'm willing to give it a pass because that girl was awesome. Yeah. And it's funny (laughs) to me. I'm like, sure, whatever. It's funny. She's Asian when she was young, but grows up to be like French and Cambodian. 
sure. It's just, I don't know, it's just things that made me You're laugh. picking nits again here, Pierce. No, it's not, that's not nits. It's just funny to me. Like, I don't care. I, like I, I just said two seconds ago, I'm like, sure, whatever. It's just funny to me. Um, I, I I, especially considering I was begging for an Asian actor to be in. Well, to play I, I thought they tried it like, well I, because it's like, okay, yeah. well, if you're someone who speaks the French accent to the point where they literally like call it out in like the second to last episode or whatever, like mm-hmm. fairly late on when did the, the she's fighting that French assassin in the uh, yeah, in the aircraft weird. hangar. To which I'm like, oh, French assassin in an airport. Do you know what I immediately thought of? La tour. <laughs> La tour. Oh god, that's pretty much what it was, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. La tour. Uh, <laughs> Got another deep cut from Kevin Miller today. If you get these references, you're probably really enjoying this podcast. Yeah. So there was that, um, and they like he specifically called out that she had a French accent. So the mm-hmm. the the. the premise that I got was that she was, you know, half Asian of some kind, half French, and therefore had the accent, and was raised and, like, given another name by the um, Greek couple that adopted her. Mm-hmm. Theoretically. That's, Greek, well, that's, that's, what I, that's how I was taking that, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, that character background. Yeah. All right. It, it made that. sense to me. I don't know. I was a little upset they kept the same boring intro. I mean, I, I kind of wanted them. To ch- I was kind of hoping they change it. I mean, I, I, I guess I get that for money purposes. They decided not to, but I just I don't like the intro to Daredevil. I think it's boring. I think the music I, is terrible, I and I think it's way too long. But that's just me. I don't, Especially I don't after, hate an intro. Like it, it's the first time I've ever thought it, found it to be really boring. Because to me, it's like the Madman intro, except not fun or good. <laughs> and <laughs> especially considering I really really enjoyed the opening sequence for Jessica Jones. Loved that opening yeah, sequence. And then to go back to this one where it's just like, oh, it's red and it's like paint dripping and becoming Daredevil and becoming the Empire State Building. I was just like, ah, this crap again? Uh, I just didn't care for it. And well, I, really I mean, I don't particularly it. care for it. I'm nothing yet. <laughs> like, I wouldn't not... even thought it was worthy of comment. <laughs> I don't know. I just don't like it. I, I would have preferred them to change it up a little bit. Um. Oh, what else did we got? I mean, what else did you like, Miller? Let me ask you. What What, what did you like in, in, that we may not have touched on? I like that it was a lot about the supporting cast. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we got to see Foggy kind of get his. We got yeah. to see Karen making moves and actually progressing the plot. And you know, not that she didn't in the first season, but uh, I don't know. She, I, I, I don't know how to put this. As far as sort of these regular female characters who are in these series, um, I prefer her approach to it to say Trish's, like the the Passy Walker that we had in Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, couldn't agree more on that. But one. maybe that's my Lois Lane fetish showing, <laughs> you know, if you yeah. a girl reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I, I I really dug the way that she was just trying to make stuff happen, and despite everything that's happened to her, and despite her own shadier stuff that happened in the first season that they briefly touched on, a little bit of the guilt that's still there, um, I, I like that she's still willing to put in the work and, and see the best in people. Um, I I really look forward to seeing what they do with her in the future. I think she's the MVP of this season, regardless. Really, Karen Page? I think so. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I, I think I, Punisher is the MVP, but she's the yeah, she's say, the most John proved. Let's put it that way. 
Yeah, she. She's the best. The NBA's least player. favorite award, she the, most improved. Well, she has the best uh, sophomore year. Let's put it that way. Well, and most and most improved in the NBA is usually. It, it can be backhanded because it either yeah, it's, it's either someone who was terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it's yeah because it, it means one of two things: either you were injured the year before and didn't have a very good year, and you came back the next year when you were healthy and kicked ass, or you sucked the year before. And then came back and, and actually, I don't know, got into shape and then like, yeah, yeah. actually gave a fuck and then won. And then so, yeah, played yeah, well. I don't mean it in a backhanded way. I know. I'm just, I love Megan. Like, I just, I just preferred her as a sidekick type. And I don't want to say sidekick either, but I, I preferred her as a, as a sort of supporting character to Trish Walker. And I, I'm kind of interested to see what they do with future seasons of Jessica Jones, because as we've mentioned before, it sounds like they're kind of out of things to do. Yeah. Cause after you do the purple man plot, you have to go to that other Jessica Jones plot line of, well, I guess her and Luke Cage have a baby. Is that something? Can you can you can you squeeze thirteen episodes out of Luke Cage I, and her? Listen, I would be happy with her just being a supporting character in everyone else's show. Yeah, and I, it, I it sounds reductive, and I don't mean yeah. it to be because I liked that show, but I don't necessarily need four seasons of all of these four Jessica shows. Jones. Yeah, I think no, I agree. I think Daredevil was so effing good in season one that they was the an same episode. as I don't know that Agents of Shield had to keep going for as long as it. Agents of Shield is a completely different beast, though, and the fact that they had their plot, like they're handcuffed by the fact that Agents of Shield has to follow the MCU, yeah. and Winter Soldier blew up the premise of their show. Well, and, and now apparently the shattered pieces. Now apparently, and I hadn't thought about this, but uh, Civil War's going to blow it up again. Probably, yeah, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. But uh, I, I mean, I, I hate the the. Agents of Shield for all in entirely different reasons. If I could go off on a tangent here, my thing, my thing that I hate about the Agents of Shield is they're so every one of the Agents of Shield is so arrogant at all times that they're impossible to root for. They are impossible to root for because they're always like, like every episode of Agents of Shield, one of them gets caught and they're tied to a chair. And the bad guys have a gun in their face or one of the inhumans is like, I'm going to you know, blow you up with my powers and stuff. And they'll just sit there like, eh, no, you won't. Eh, I'm an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't care if I got caught. Eh, people will be here to rescue me. I'm going to stand here. I'm going to sit here and quip in this chair. Till yeah, my friends roll come my eyes you. and smirk yeah. Riley and be exactly. smarmy at you. Yeah, smarmy. Act like an asshole. Roll my eyes until, you know. My friends come and help me, even though I'm the dickhead who got caught and I'm tied to this chair. And it's just that happens every episode of Agents of Shield, and it irritates the shit out of me. And like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah so you'd be the one to know. How did you have you continued watching that? I have, <laughs> I, I have because I'm uh, <laughs> I'm just realizing we haven't talked about this in like six months. <laughs> little things have kept me interested. For instance, Powers Booth, and it's going to piss me off when Powers Booth gets killed because again, uh, Marvel only kills off their their halfway decent villains, right? Uh, and Powers Booth is is the latest, you know, Hydra leader guy. And, you know me, I love me some Powers Booth, so he, he's been killing it with his uh, okay. mannerisms and whatnot. But 
I don't know. I, I really, I kind of watch the Agents of Shield, just hoping that bad stuff happens to the Agents of Shield. Right? Okay, so <laughs> just like, is it fair to say that you watch it the way that I used to? Con- I, I used to continue to watch Heroes. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little just bit. To see how far I don't think, go. Except I don't think the show is is so self loathing as, as uh, yeah, or as bad as uh, uh, Heroes. Heroes was. Well, that, <laughs> it would be a tough, it's a high bar. Yeah. A high bar of terrible, or a low bar, yeah. if you will. <laughs> it's like you got a limbo under this bar that's ten feet buried, ten feet underground. But yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I just the, the agents of Shield are impossible to root for because they're all arrogant and nothing is ever. And it's really my biggest problem with the MCU, and that's like why I said what why I think introducing the concept of immortality in a Daredevil show, if we can bring it back to Daredevil, mm-hmm. is so redundant because <laughs> oh, they're like. Yeah. Because the fucking like like the hand are like we're searching for or immortality and 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 or Stick says that anyway he's like they found the greatest treasure of all immortality and I'm like oh yeah because people dying was like a big thing and because like the only one who dies in the MCU are the red shirts and I'm including Quicksilver or their version of Quicksilver as a red shirt yep. and it's just like no one ever dies. Phil Coulson died, and then they brought him back to life. Elektra died, and, and in season three, a Daredevil, like, over under two and a half episodes before she's up and walking again, right? Yeah, true. And and just, but, and which is why the Civil War thing. I actually was going to bring this up, because we've yeah. talked about it before, who's going to die in Civil War. I don't um, think anybody will. I, I'm just going to throw that out there. I don't think they're going to have. I, had, I, I theorize either nobody, but if yeah. somebody, then Hawkeye. <laughs> So it should be Hawkeye because who gives a shit? Well, and here's, here's the next thing I was going to bring up because I saw this yeah. article today. I didn't actually read it too in depth, but Jeremy Renner is proposing the idea of a Netflix Hawkeye series. I I mean, it's where he should go. He definitely shouldn't get a movie. Like, I definitely don't want to watch a two-hour movie. Like, it's it's weird to say that I would watch a uh, that I wouldn't watch a two-hour movie, but if they gave me a like thirteen hours of him on Netflix. So. I, I'd probably watch it because then I could go at my own pace, right, and decide if. Eh, I don't yeah, really you like could watch an episode for forty minutes and decide whether you want to leave. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. Not costing you sixteen bucks of a three D movie. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I just because if I could, you know, take bring the beat back a second here. Like my biggest problem with the MCU is there's no stakes because nobody ever dies, right? Like, the, like the stakes are not real, and to the point where in the last episode, yeah, no one ever last, dies except for the cities. <laughs> Yeah, the, exactly. The cities are the only thing, that, and I don't even think the people die in those well, cities. Right? This it is why like, it's interesting. We blew up Sokovia, but don't worry, we got him on the boat, right? Like, well, we and, and this is what I mean. Like this is uh, that's basically the plot of Civil War, right? Where it's like, okay, well, you destroyed New York, you destroyed Sokovia, you destroyed, uh, you know, whatever. But like Captain America's first argument should be yes, but did anybody die? <laughs> and then General Ross would be like, "Well, you got me there, right? Nobody actually died in any of these scenarios." Uh, well, especially after Avengers two, because it's like, "Hey, Tony Stark, despite your best intentions, you definitely yeah. almost created an extinction level event." <laughs> well, and that was like his third time doing such a thing, and because basically the greatest villain they have, which is why 
you know, the Civil War is good because the best villain they have in uh, the MCU is probably Tony Stark. Yeah. <laughs> he's the guy building all the shit that's killing people, <laughs> even though he's technic- he puts on the suit and fights for good. But he's like, what are we fighting? And this, uh, it's like, what are we fighting in this movie? Something that Tony built. What are we fighting in this movie? Something that Tony built that they've got their hands on and are now using against us. Well, what are we movie? fighting oh, in this Tony movie? Tony pissed this dude off in 1999, and now we're fighting... Yeah. <laughs> What is it like? What are we fighting in this movie? Uh, a giant robot that came to life that Tony built. <laughs> like, like, hey, Tony, why don't you stop making stuff for five minutes? Right? I thought you retired. Exactly. Like, didn't you retire at the end of Iron Man 3? Now you're back. Hey, didn't you say you were going to stop making weapons? <laughs> ridiculous. And everything yeah. you make still gets weaponized. <laughs> yeah, it's so brutal. Oh, it's so brutal. Oh. Man. I love you, Robert Downey Jr., but goddamn. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, 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 much like in Daredevil season one, they work to uh, the Punisher's uh, full outfit, kind of. Mm-hmm. He, he, he spray painted on the. I was actually uh, okay with them not spray painting it because they showed that I, vest and it looked like and a the skull vest already. Like skull. Yeah, yeah. I, I, which is I was where okay I with them leaving it. it. And then I actually thought to myself, wait a minute, maybe there's some white spray paint in this uh, shed. Well, and I was <laughs> actually okay with them not doing a Punisher yeah. logo anyway, because for uh, it seems disingenuous for that character who doesn't give a shit about theatrics and just wants to bring yeah. justice to give himself a logo. Yeah, to spray paint a skull. Right, <laughs> but, but there were lots of times where they were using the x-ray image of his skull as sort of right. a, you know, the Punisher trial of the century, and it's like this full-page photo of the skull, and I'm like, oh, that's it. That's the yeah. that's the image. They don't have to do a logo. Perfect. Yeah, and then they did They went they, ahead and, and did, did it. it anyway because, you know. And I'm okay with it. But uh, it people demand it. I, don't, I didn't hate it, but it just seemed... Yeah. Because like I know the the Punisher fans on the net who were like they, like they were rabid with the he better wear the fucking skull in his chest at some point in this movie and I was just like good lord really <laughs> like well the other thing too was the skull, majority be because he got beat that beat to hell in like yeah. the fourth episode where they arrested him basically yeah. um, and he was walking around for the entire rest of the of the season. With two black eyes and like you know sunken yes. cheekbones and like he basically had a skull face going on anyway. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm like you know what? That's he, actually that's probably no accident. Like it's lasting no. for the entire rest of the season because as soon as it starts healing again, he gets his ass beat again. Yeah, I was gonna say, and then it, it got like a halfway healed, and they they took the makeup job off, and then he immediately got in a fight with the that's kingpin. The, prison, yeah. the kingpin started punching him in the face, yeah. like, and it reminded me of the fight in like Orgasmo when like. Trey Parker and this other dude are just punching each other back and forth and no one's trying anything different. That was what that fight reminded me of. It was just like Punisher like headbutted Wilson Fisk and then Wilson Fisk grabbed him by the back of the head, fed him three shots and then then Punisher like pushed his head, grabbed the back of his head fed him three shots. Tossed down a bench and just wailed one of the both. Yeah and then Wilson Fisk lifted him up fed him a couple shots, threw him on the bench, and then fed him a couple more. And I was just like, this is a pretty hilarious fight. <laughs> right? like, uh, it was just like, okay, you punch me, and then I'll punch you, and then we'll see who goes down first. <laughs> it was basically their, their fight scene. <laughs> I thought it was great. Yep. Uh, um, I was going to say, when Nobu calls him the Daredevil, was that the first time they, they re- actually referred to him as Daredevil? No, in no the they series? did it uh, at the end of the first season. 
Did they? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a shot where they arrest Wilson Fisk, and they're all having their, ah, oh, we've saved the day, and we're putting up our Nelson and Murdoch sign, and everything's yeah, great, but Karen's that. got, like, a newspaper. They're like, oh, they're calling them the Daredevil. Was it? Oh, because... I don't think that they, they did it since him. then, but... Well, because they kept calling him the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. They kind of go back and forth on all. Yeah, and then in the last, like, three episodes, it's, it's like the first ten episodes, they always referred to him as the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, and then Nobu said at the end of, like, the second last episode, you know, like, we've got to kill Daredevil. And then everybody just started calling him Daredevil. I kind of like subverting the trope of, oh, a newspaper definitely called you this, and so that's what your name's going to be, because they do that in goddamn everything. I like the idea that they did at the end of season one, and it didn't really catch on. (laughs) Yeah. People like, you know what, that's a stupid name. We'll just continue calling him the Devil of Hell's Kitchen, or the Devil, or the Vigilante, or whatever. Yeah, because it's always like, oh, you know, they did it in Iron Man for Christ's sake. Like mm-hmm. Iron Man, well, technically it's a gold titanium alloy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. it's very Neil deGrasse Tyson, right? Where it's like, I'm actually, it's just like, <laughs> well, actually, <wait. laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you think of the? Uh... <laughs> I was, I, it was, I, I hate myself for doing this. Uh, maybe I don't, but I mean, I just, I wish I, I, I could take these scenes more seriously, but what did you think of Electra or when Electra and Daredevil in the last episode <laughs> basically locked themselves in that one room? Oh yeah. We've got three and, minutes <laughs> and, and did the, uh, basically don't worry, baby. We've only got two days left to retirement <laughs> like, scene. Right. Where he was like, don't worry, baby. Once we beat these ninjas, we'll go. Where do you want to go? You want to go to London? We'll go to London because you're the only thing that makes me feel alive other than this city. Baby, you're we'll, my forever uh, girl. Yeah, it's like, you will go wherever you want after we beat these ninjas. And then it was like, because I mean, I remember thinking, I hope Electra doesn't get killed because Bullseye's got to show up at some point, right? And then I would enjoy Bullseye getting the the pleasure of the, of the kill on Electra. <laughs> and then... She jumped as soon as she like, and then as soon, well, actually, I knew she was going to die the second Matt Murdock was in there giving her the, don't worry, baby. We're going to live happily ever after. (laughs) Yeah. Two days after retirement, then we'll live happily ever after. We'll get whatever we want. Go wherever, you know? And then it's like, well, fuck, she's dying. And then she uh, sacrificed herself to save him. Yes, that's live forever. (laughs) Yep. That was basically what it was. Just christened the boat last week. Oh, man. I just. I don't know. What did you make of that scene? To me, I was just like, oh, God. It's, <laughs> like, it's, a, it's a season finale, ass season finale scene. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But it was a little bit of him having his cake and eating it, too, because he was, like, pining for Karen. The into- like, cause I don't like, I realize Matt Murdock's always been a playboy in the comic books. Like, <laughs> like he gets, oh, he gets tons of ass in the playbook, because he's in the comics, because he's, uh. I don't get that he's impression a good well, he's a good-looking blind guy. In the comics, he's just like, the ladies love him, and he's a smooth talker, right? So, I mean, if you want to go through his entire list, it's like Karen Page, Electra, Black Widow. Uh, I think he had a thing with Jessica Jones at one point. I mean, I'm forgetting a bunch of names here. Uh, Typhoid Mary uh, was another one. Who I thought that redheaded girl in the bus was going to be Typhoid Mary. And yeah, then, I was wondering if she was somebody. <laughs> yeah, I thought it could have been her, but because she didn't get killed or anything, she just was in that room. and then Well, and, and here's the thing, and I'm not sure what Typhoid Mary's thing is, but based on the name alone, I'm going to suggest that maybe it was her and she's the one who's in, the, responsible for introducing all those toxins to the kids. Possibly. Uh, Typhoid Mary is a, uh, she's a mutant in the books, so in this one they'd have to make her like An one of those. Inhuman. 
inhuman or, or, augmented, or, augmented, or augmented human or whatever nonsense they can. It's all bullshit. It's, like, <laughs> it's glorious, glorious bullshit. Um, uh, Typhoid Mary has like a, a split person out. Basically what happened was she, she's a mutant. She has like kind of a grab bag of powers where she can, uh, well, she's got a little bit of telekinesis. She's got a little bit of pyrokinesis, and she's got a little bit of uh, telepathy, where she can mind control people. But it's like all it, she can only use. She's like the the Jedi mind trick, where she can only use it on like weak minded fools, right? Yeah. Like she couldn't use her telepathy on like Professor X because Professor X would be like, "I can kill you with my mind," and then well, then uh, it might suggest that that's why the children were doing whatever they wanted. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's but the it. thing that makes her Typhoid Mary is she was originally an assassin who was hired to kill Daredevil, and then Daredevil kicked her out of a window sure. and fucked up her skull Classic. and. Gave her, she ended up with, and I don't know if this is how it works in real life, but she ended up with like uh, identity disorder. So she has three separate identities. One is just Mary. She calls herself just Mary, mm-hmm. and that's when, and she's like a passive, regular uh, person. Regular person, and she can, and then her three powers that she has, she can only use with each of her three personalities. Oh, I right? see. I see. So like the telekinesis, Mary can use, and then one of her other. Uh, the, the second one is Typhoid Mary, and Typhoid Mary's a little bit more, like, lusty and, and uh, a bit more prone to, like, she's like, I'm just going to go after, I'm going to do things that make me feel good and stuff like that, right? And she's the one who can use the, like, pyrokinesis and then, or no, or, or whatever, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. But, like, her, her third her third uh, one is Bloody Mary, and Bloody Mary is when she's just angry and she's like, I'll kill everything in my wake and whatnot, and she blinks in and out of these three personalities. It's actually a cool character. I think she made it into the Electra movie. I'm not sure because I've never seen the Electra movies, <laughs> but I was told that I, re- I remember during our Daredevil commentary for the movie, I remember bitching that they were like, they never did stick. And then people told me that apparently stick was in the, uh, Oh, the Electra movie, which again, I haven't seen. Maybe, maybe we'll oh. <laughs> watch before Daredevil season three. Cause we never got a chance to do a commentary track for, for Daredevil season it's three, so much reason. Oh, it's just been too busy. You can't. We 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 had no opportunity to squeeze squeeze that in. I mean, hell, we're, we're season, we we had to do a Dark Knight. We had to do a Dark Knight Returns commentary yeah, before absolutely. Batman Superman that we're gonna go see and podcast about this coming weekend. <laughs> absolutely, it's gonna be. We're we're pulling double duty this week because we got our tickets. We're going to see. Uh, oh yeah, I'm going on a road trip. <laughs> BBS this week. Oh, it's gonna be great. Um. Anything else you want to add? I mean, do you feel like we missed anything? I feel like we, uh, we, we... The one thing that I wanted to kind of touch on, I wanted to get your opinion on it, was the scene between Wilson Fisk and Matt Murdock in the prison. Um, I liked it, again, because it was a little born again when he said, he's like, once I get out, I'm going to destroy you and everyone you love, because that was what he did in yep. uh, Born Again when he finds out that Daredevil is... Uh, when he finds out Matt Murdock is Daredevil. Um... So yeah, I thought it was pretty good because like <laughs> he did what I would have done if someone was threatening yeah, my you come into my house and try to strong my, arm me. <laughs> yeah, not only that, but like when he started like going after his woman, yeah. and then he picked her up and he was like, "Say her, say her name again." I dare you. <laughs> I was just like, because like that's exactly what I would have said if I was Kingpin, right? I was like, "Go on, say it, say her name again." And then he said it, and I was like, "Nice, yeah, way to go." And it just speaks to <laughs> him having literally everyone in that prison under his 
yep. in his pocket because he definitely ble- beat up a blind dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and everyone his, was just uh, cool with it. His his um lawyer dude yeah. was uh he's a comic he's a Luke Cage villain Ben Donovan Character. he's yeah Fisk's lawyer but in uh this one they had him where he was a, an older dude right which I guess it was kind of cool but in the comic book Ben Donovan's like a beast like he he's like a huge just a huge brother like he's twice the size of Luke Cage right okay. like that's the whole thing where it's like Luke like you see Mike Coulter Mike Coulter's a fucking like an Adonis of a human being right yeah. and then you know, like when Ben Donovan fights him, Ben Donovan's supposed to be three times the size of like Mike Coulter, and Mike <laughs> Coulter's like, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard impossible. to get that person. Yeah, exactly. Like Andre the Giant, Brooklyn Nine Nine, with yeah, Terry Crews yeah, and his brother-in-law. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Tiny Terry? <laughs> yeah, like Andre the Giant's not walking through that door, friend. Right. Yeah. So like, like I mean, it would have been impossible to do, but I mean, it just would. I thought it would have been cool, but I mean, the guy they got to play Ben Donovan, I, I don't know the. Uh, the actor's name off the top of my head, but he he was fantastic, even with his like limited. Uh, oh yeah, with his six lines in this time. movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, Danny Johnson is his name. I'm looking at the IMDb right now. Okay. Yeah, he was he was really good. I just I was just like, oh man, <laughs> if only uh, Ben Donovan <laughs> was like twice the size of the Kingpin, I'd be like, great, because there's like frames of Ben Donovan in the comic, like gra- like his entire hand is like the size of Daredevil's like midsection, and he like picks up. Daredevil like that, but I, I guess that's that's too comic booky. I think yeah. it's probably just thrown in there just for guys like me to go, oh, right? drop. So, or maybe we'll see him in Luke. Cage. Yeah, well, and this is what I'm thinking as we get further into the mm-hmm. the Netflix section of the MCU, if we can call it a thing, the Netflix averse. Um, yeah. I mean, it's all connected, but I mean that seems to be kind of segmented off on its own, at least for the time being. Yeah. Um, I think that we'll see a bit more crossover here. So I was actually okay with the, this being the third season of the Netflix Marvel thing, you know, after a season of Daredevil and a season of, uh, season of Jessica Jones, that I was a bit more comfortable with them because we got almost nothing of Daredevil in Jessica Jones, right? We got. Yeah, I don't think there was any kind. We got of, the. We got all. We got was the. Um, Claire Temple in the last yeah. episode, exactly. Yeah. Um, the only one, the only one who's consistently, like, like Claire Temple is obviously going to be the, the I think Rosario Dawson will be the only person who's in everything as far as the Netflix series because she's definitely she's going to be the linchpin to bring them all together. Yeah, because she's definitely, yeah, because and that's what happens in the comic book. She's the one who kind of creates the heroes for hire well, when they she's all. She's the one with the mutual friends, it seems. <laughs> Exactly. So eventually, so I guess someone will threaten her, and then it'll be like, yeah, hey, everyone's going to come to a rescue. <laughs> maybe that, I was thinking maybe that's what they're saving Bullseye for. Because who is a villain that is so powerful that it wouldn't warrant the, the defenders? <laughs> yeah, that it wouldn't that it could threaten all four of them at the same time, and also wouldn't be enough where they're like, hey, we got to call in the event, but like they can keep it small enough that they got to call in the Avengers, and I guess. Which is why I might have saved the hand for something like that. Oh, I see. Yeah, and that's what I think this is all built. Or to. I think maybe they save maybe they save Bullseye and Bullseye. I'm, I'm the thinking guy, they're going to do some measure of both. Like I think the hand is kind of the overarching villain of this entire sort of universe, and mm-hmm. then we're going to see like the building, like villain of the season, and that's what they're going to bring Bullseye in for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, no, I, I what I'm what I was kind of getting at is that uh, you know as we're kind of getting further into this Netflix verse, they're getting a bit more casual about sort of dropping references to the others, um, and I enjoy that. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to see that uh, we might get Jerry Hogarth and Foggy Nelson working together. That's interesting mm-hmm. to me. Uh, yep. That you know that they're fine just name dropping Jessica Jones as someone that uh, Marcy's uh, firm is working with. Marcy, yeah, that was her name. Mm-hmm. So no, yeah, I'm happy to see. I, I'm I'm so jazzed for Luke Cage. I cannot wait for yeah. that series <laughs> because as much as I loved him, point. because he was probably like the shining star of. Um, as much as I love David Tennant in uh, Jessica yeah. Jones, Luke Cage mm-hmm. was the one that I always wanted to see more of. Yeah, and now to see even like that twenty second teaser of him yes. just getting shot at, I'm like, yes, more, <laughs> give me more, <laughs> more, more. must have it right now. Well, you don't gotta wait long. He'll be he'll be here September, in September. Yeah, yeah, and it's not like we don't have enough stuff to tie this over until oh, September. Oh no, and that's what for I'm, God's sake. I'm actually looking forward to forgetting that Luke Cage is coming. <laughs> yeah, because like obviously, because we're gonna forget Daredevil in two days when Batman Superman comes out. Well, and, and I think then, there's gonna be a lot of comparisons. Like, yeah. I, I think that we going to Batman, Superman, and, and, like, I don't expect yeah. to be blown away by Batman, Superman. I expect, I, I, I think there's, like, a 60% chance I, I walk out of that pissed off. I, seeing it with you is going to be interesting. But let's, 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 let's save it. For, yeah. we, we, like, that's, that's this week. Because, like, I mean, right after BVS, we shift into fucking Civil War mode. Yep. And then after Civil War, we shift into X-Men. Mm-hmm. And then after X-Men, we shift into Suicide Squad. And then once Suicide Squad's over, we'll shift into Luke Cage mode, right? Into Luke so, Cage at that point, just something like. And then once Luke Cage is over, we'll shift into Star Wars mode because Rogue One comes out at the end. Yeah, of the yeah. Year, to, right? to say nothing. Of, oh, Doctor Strange, and then we get Doctor Strange, and then we get Star Wars. So just yeah. to, to say nothing of um <laughs> of all the TV shows that are still happening. Yeah, exactly. And we've still got. And yeah, we've got a movie got... or a Netflix series coming out like every three weeks until like October. <laughs> this time next week. Yeah. We're recording this on a Monday night. By this time next week, Grant Gustin will have been on Supergirl. Is that next? Wow, that's right. Yeah, that's next. Not this Monday because we're again recording this on a Monday, but next Monday, this time next Monday, we will we will have seen. Oh God, we're gonna need to do a mini on that. I think (laughs) probably yeah. Well, we're gonna be pulling double duty this week because we're gonna record. You'll be up here. We're gonna do an in studio on Batman Superman. Oh yeah. Batman v Superman. Uh, before we go for this week, mm-hmm. I, I think well, let's put a capper on our Daredevil season two. And I'm going to ask you to give me your grade, your your grade for uh, Daredevil season two. Uh, so I think that I gave Daredevil season one, and I was going with by all sorts of crazy ratings, but I think I gave it a letter grade of like an A. Uh, mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Um, this one. Is is more uneven, that's for sure. There's a couple things that I like a lot. Like if they had mm-hmm. focused on a Punisher without bringing Elektra into it, I think I would have liked that more. If they would have focused even on Elektra without bringing Punisher into that, I would have. But it felt divided and weird in that way. Um, I think that I'll give this one a B plus. It's got a lot of great components that don't necessarily mesh together super well. I'm 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 giving it a C. I, I think I said C minus earlier. I'm gonna I'm gonna bump it up to a C because I do, I don't think that if I watch Daredevil, I don't think my favorite sequence should be Law and Order Foggy Nelson, right? Like like I should not be most intrigued 
by Foggy now. Like, because I think the, the, the scene that I was most invested in was when Foggy was standing there, and I was like, come on, Foggy, you can do this. Just do the opening statement. Believe in yourself, man. <laughs> and he has, like, the two false stars. <laughs> yeah, and then eventually just is like, you know what? And he throws the cards away, and, he's, and, he, and he speaks from the heart. And I was like, yes, yes, Foggy. Like, that was probably my <laughs> the part where I was most happy in the entire series. And that probably shouldn't be. And I love uh, the Foggy Nelson character, but... I don't know. I just there, there's way too much going on in this uh, series in this season for me, and uh, I just feel like they could have tightened it up a little and and had it be a little better. It's just way too much going on, and then to have way too much going on and then not explain most of what's going on to me is like, well, then you just tried to you had two seasons and you squished them into one for some reason. Uh, I see. Spider-Man Three disease. Little bit, not as egregious as. <laughs> Yeah, extreme a level, but just it, it could. I think I feel like because obviously they were probably right. It's not like uh, uh, like Flash or Arrow where they they go in with like six scripts, right? And then they kind of got to you know like they'll they'll have a general idea of what they want the the season to do. They'll probably go into a season with six scripts, but then write the rest as they go. This I assume they write all thirteen scripts, and I feel like they they could have been like they could have had somebody read it and be like, like a consultant or something, be like, and eh, maybe go with either the Punisher or Electra. Maybe not do both. I don't know. Cause it's just, I, well, here's the thing. Yeah, there was just if they would have, I think if they would have done a season with Electra in the hand that you probably would not have watched all of it. <laughs> I, well, I definitely would, but I just, I, f- I feel like we could have explained more stuff and made it a little better. I don't know. I just, I'm not a big, <laughs> like I said, my biggest complaint in the MCU is that nobody ever dies and then to bring in Elektra who's the ma- most famous coming back to life Marvel character outside of Jean Grey. Wolverine, <laughs> outside of Wolverine probably right either Jean Grey or Wolverine yeah. I, I don't know <laughs> like, to me, I was just like come on let's like raise the stakes a little here right like, just, yeah that's me and, that's, and I'll take the MCU all day all day oh sure but, I would like to see the, the stakes of the MCU actually mean something, which is why I, I would like to see somebody go down in Civil War. I don't think they will because I don't think they're going to have any of their heroes kill any of their other heroes in a movie because, like, how do you sell that to children, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's just well, it's like, hey, Iron Man was your hero? Well, he just killed Captain America. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't think anyone's suggesting that either of those two will eat it. But <laughs> I know what you mean. Fair enough. But you, yeah, but you understand what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm going to give Daredevil season two a, a, a C. And to me, it's like, you know, if you're a teacher and you had a student that you know is really good, but maybe phoned in a test oh, and then you write like C and then you can do better. Yeah. Right. Like, like, I think I, I feel like that's what I, what it's I have for, after class moment. Yeah. I don't know, wouldn't go that far. It's definitely not a, not a see me after class, but it's just like, come on, let's, you know, like, let's take this a little more seriously. You can do better. It's, it's yep. As a teacher my, where you can make someone feel like a million bucks by finally giving them a C or you can make someone feel like crap for giving them an A minus. Yeah. <laughs> Depending on the Minuses are meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So yeah, I think that puts a capper on our daredevil season two review. Kevin Miller. We'll see you later on this week, sir. Cause Look, like quick turnaround here, <laughs> Batman Superman. We mentioned absolutely yes, Batman Superman. Get your hype train rolling. A choo choo. Finally, pulled into the they station. had a premiere last night. Yeah, they had a premiere last night, and uh, so everybody was tweeting photos of. Uh, yeah, I've tried to avoid a lot of that. 
Well, it's just it, there weren't any spoilers. It was just like, hey, here's Affleck on the red carpet. Hey, here's uh, uh, oh god, Gal, Gal, Gal Gadot. Gadot. Here's uh, who's fucking playing Superman? Is Henry Cavill. Like, <laughs> Henry Cavill. Sorry. Hey, here's Henry Cavill. Here's you know Lois Lane, and they're all now. Here's all four. Here's of them. a crazy oh, thing. I forgot Amy Adams was in that movie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, it's and I love Lois. And why Lane. wouldn't you with the thirty people? There wow, and that's exactly it. Tuesday. Plus Doomsday. Because uh, when you're when you're Lois Lane and there's a movie with like seven of members of the Justice League and Luthor and Doomsday, it's you're 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 gonna slip through the cracks. You, but, you're gonna uh, get like four minutes of screen time. It's gonna be very disappointing. <laughs> oh, that's pretty bad. Ah, uh, yeah. So that's it for this week on the crossover podcast. We'll be back later on with our BVS review when after we finally see the movie, and and I'm sure most of you will as well. Uh, like two years of talking about whether or not we want to see it. <laughs> I'm still not sure if I. Well, I do want to see anything to see Batman beaten ass. So I'm, I'm definitely very, more likely to see it in yeah. theaters now. Well, I mean, I was going to see it in theaters anyway because of the show specifically. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm definitely looking forward to it more now that I know I'm doing it real time with you next to me. I mean, I'm just saying. At the very least, we're going to go in, and I'll pay. 12 bucks anytime to see a live action Batman just beating ass, right? Well, like and uh, me with Superman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'll, I'll, I'll fork over my 12 bucks for that, but uh, I may complain about it. After. Oh, absolutely. Um, crossover podcast available on iTunes and SoundCloud uh, websites, the crossover podcast.com uh, official show. Twitter account is at Empire six. That's my personal account. M P E A R C E and the number six. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug there, Kevin? Uh, my Twitter, not that I talk uh, as much as Pierce, but I have been tweeting about episodes of Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and stuff like that. So if you want my up-to-the-minute, and by up-to-the-minute, I mean usually a day behind, uh, sort of live tweeting in scare quotes, <laughs> um, that's uh, Kevin G. Miller, M-I-L-L-E-R. So that's my Twitter account. Uh, nothing else to plug right now. We've got uh, contact at thecrossoverpodcast.com if you want to send us an email. Uh, seriously, be the first, please. Make make my day. <laughs> uh, people don't. I, I people don't like that the email because like they can get me on Twitter right away, pretty much. Because I'm although I've avoided it the last couple of days because my uh, oh, it's all Daredevil stuff. No, well, a it was I was avoiding the Daredevil stuff, but also <laughs> our tournament bracket has been. Oh yeah, yeah. Pretty terrible. Like this, I've never made a bracket this terrible before. It was bound to happen at some point because making a uh, uh, a bracket is is mostly luck based. But I'll tell you, I've never had a I've never had a bracket like Craig and I made one. I've never had a bracket where we got damn near every upset right in the first round. Oh yeah, and then every favorite we had lost, right? Like we're like, we're, we're taking these and not, not just like the favorites, but like the heavy favorites, like Michigan state was our national champion and they got bounced by middle Tennessee who were a fucking 15 seed. So yeah. yeah. And like Craig and I watch these games. We don't watch them like experts, but I mean like we watch the important ones. Yeah. We watch the important, we watch the teams that are good and we watch the teams that we cheer for. So you're watching Miami. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't. Who are still in uh, Sweet Sixteen, baby? Said, they're they're one of my four remaining teams. <laughs> Fuck, I I hope you. And, do you still have your final four? No, I have I have, yeah. I have three of my final four. 
Uh, one of them got eliminated around one, uh, and the one that I have probably State. the one that I have picked to win Kansas is playing Miami next round, which is my second of my four remaining teams. Oh no, they don't. They don't play. Uh, they got Maryland next week. The Canes are playing the Philadelphia. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of, of, of the, if those two teams. Yeah, they're, they're, in the the same, they're in the same division is what I'm thinking. Yeah, they're in the, the South Conference. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're cheering for the, the Kane. Like, I've, I've officially abandoned my... Uh, <laughs> the bracket, but you're cheering for My yourself. bracket. Although I'd never abandon... The t- like, I would never choose bracket over team. Like, I picked Miami to lose to Kansas. But at no point, if that game happens, at no point am I going to be like, if the Canes won, would I be like, oh, man, my bracket would be busted. I'd be like, fuck my bracket. Well, I have <laughs> like, to say this. Okay, as, as, right? as someone who we're in, a, we're in a bracket with, like, eight people or something like that, uh, eight, eight brackets, um, as someone who basically picked every one of his <laughs> rounds by tossing a coin, I'm glad I'm not the only one who had, that had Kansas winning. <laughs> No, that's a perfectly viable strategy, and Kansas is uh, is a team that could win. Well, I mean, I mean, like second last in our in our in our little uh, competition here. I mean, not that I give a shit because I picked out of a hat, literally. But yeah. I mean, I'm not the only one who picked Kansas to win, so that seems like a lucky break. No, <laughs> maybe they're a contender. Pretty good. You can get you can get back in there, man. You know, I've lost everything, and I'm still in the thick of this. It's brutal. Uh, that's how good I was at picking the upsets. God damn it. Fuck you, Michigan State. Uh, that's all. I'd like to once again extend a thank you to all the members of Potter and family who have been retweeting and tweeting us and helping us. Yes, absolutely. They us. make up like 98% yep. of my recent Twitter followers, so that's awesome. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, 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 all the people out there are fantastic. We'll, we'll get to specific shout-outs eventually, but uh, you know, I've been talking with a few other ones and might be appearing on a couple of other podcasts. Right, yeah. We'll see in the future. See if it happens. Uh, Kevin Miller. Yes. Thanks for doing this, and we'll see you later. We'll see you later on this week, good sir. Yeah, stay tuned for our next week episode. I'm sure we'll have some hot opinions for you. (laughs) Take care, everybody.